You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 154 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. He's back! I'm back, <laughs> yes, I know I'm back, I'm back. And uh, wow, it was incredibly weird last week not to be uh, doing a live show. Weird for you? Why was it weird for you? <laughs> because I missed everyone. Oh, I missed, immensely missed everyone. You're saying, I, right, you're saying yeah. right, I'm on my own, I don't like it, I what's know. going on, what's going on? <laughs> and to be fair, I, with the signal quality that I had uh, where yes. I was, was yes, it only would, took you I would about not have been yeah. able to uh, to do a live show. It only took you about twenty five minutes to send me a WhatsApp reply. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, welcome to everyone who's joined us uh, this evening for the live show, and uh, it's great to see everyone in the chat room. As always, all our wonderful nice listeners busy, in the chat busy. room. Uh, and you join us at uh, well, it's twelve minutes past seven, yeah, so we're only a few right. minutes late yeah, uh, on Friday the third <laughs> of March. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back at the helm again. Yes, indeed. Yes. But I must say, before we start the show, a big uh, thanks to uh, Shirt and uh, yes. also to Nev as well for uh, for standing in last week and yes. helping to host the show. Yeah, Nev did a rather sterling job. I, I know. I, I listened to, to the I listened to the audio yeah, podcast yeah. back. Do you know yesterday. anyone would have good. thought he was a consummate professional when yeah. he came yeah. to you know podcasts? Yeah, I can't imagine good. why good. Or, or how. Yes. He was good. Yeah. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was good to uh, good to listen to you guys. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a nice yeah, show. Yeah. You, you actually listened to the Plain Talking UK podcast with no idea what was about to happen. No, <laughs> well, no. well, I did do the news stories, so I knew yeah, what was coming okay. up. Yeah. But, and then uh, we changed them all. So that you yeah, saw oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so welcome everyone. Uh, as I said, uh, in the chat room, loads of names in there. All the usual uh, crew in the chat room. We've also got uh, we've, we've actually got two uh, mm. incredibly um, important VIP guests on the show this evening. And uh, the first guest we've got joining us uh, on the line via Skype is a voice you shall all know, yes. and because uh, he is yeah. uh, one of the and uh, fear will immediately and pop into yes, your heart. He's one uh, of the <laughs> one of the most prestigious members of the APG yes. uh, uh, crew, uh, and Matt will spend most of the show being absolutely terrified <laughs> of what about what may or may not come out of this man's mouth. So, uh, if you're ready, yes, welcome on to the show. Captain Nick. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are so worried. I'm really just a pussycat. Yes. Yeah. Hi there, yeah. Matt. Hi, Carlos. I'll be on my best behaviour. I know how sensitive Matt's ears are to anything that even approaches an F-bomb. So uh, yeah. I'm going to be very oh, well, good. That, I'm that, not nearly as bad as Captain Alan, you must admit. That, that is true. No, that, no, is true. That, that is true. <laughs> anyway, you guys, since I was a, a sort of uh, Captain Bell standing, you can call me Ding if you want. Or dingling. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, dear. Or small chime. <laughs> um, 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 okay. Yeah. And moving on to, uh, to our next uh, guest who's joining us uh, via Skype as well this evening. And uh, he's someone who's uh, going to look after us hopefully in May at the uh, Wings yeah, of the Pittsburgh air show, which we're all actually going, massively wait, looking yeah. forward to. And we're going on, aren't we? Yeah. Going. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so, uh, well, a massive welcome onto the show. The fir your first time on the PTUK show, uh, Captain Rick Bell. Hey guys, how are you? Okay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. no, the pleasure is all ours. It's good to good to uh, to good to have you on tonight because I know you've had an incredibly busy kind of day, Rick. You were sort of here, there, and everywhere, and uh, you thought you might not make it on this evening, mm. but uh, no, thanks for coming. Yeah. On. No, I, I didn't. I, I had the uh, distinct opportunity to stay at the Casa de Atlanta International Airport Wednesday <laughs> night into Thursday. 
and uh, it, uh, yeah, you know, I guess if anybody has, or if nobody's ever had to experience the uh, delight of sleeping the night in the airport, it usually, you know, I, I wouldn't yeah. suggest it, it, it at it's all. It's not so. that great, yeah. <laughs> not no, 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 it's, it's not fun at all. So, but uh, the night didn't go so well, but the morning went really well. Uh, you know, the, the employees actually uh, really did knock it out of the park for us. They, uh, they actually brought hot coffee and hot breakfast for all the passengers who <laughs> were sitting in the terminal waiting for their flight first thing in the morning. So it worked out really well, but it didn't make up for any of the lack of sleep. Um, wow. So uh, I kind of lost my day yesterday because I went home and I went to bed. <laughs> uh, I don't. So, I don't blame you. sleep. <laughs> good. Sleep is good. That's a great thing. Uh, and something that I don't think Captain Nick's going to get much of this evening, uh, to be fair, because uh, as many of you know, obviously we, we've got APG that's following us to to later this evening. So uh, Nick's going to have a very busy evening, I think. To be fair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to feel glued to this damn chair because I have been in it all day studying for my next oh, no. simulated session, which uh, is in uh, six, seven days. Mm. Uh, and so I've hardly moved. In fact, I'm right. not okay. sure that I've still got legs. Rigor mortis may have actually set in then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, another six hours or so, and uh, and I think I'll, I don't think I'll bother going to bed. I don't think I'll be able to move. No, no, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> be oh, more of a challenge what have we imagine. done to him? What yeah. have we done to him? Well, uh, 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 Rick, we're going to have a good chat with you later on in the show, and we're going to obviously discuss about uh, bits and pieces, also about the, obviously Pittsburgh and uh, the huge meetup we're going to have there mm. uh, in May, obviously at the uh, the show. So yeah, looking wait, forward looking to forward that. To it, yeah. So we're going yeah, to start off. We are going to start the show off then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt, I certainly am. And if you're ready, Nick. We'll take yep. that as a yes. We'll take it as a yes. <laughs> and if you're ready, Rick. I am. Let's go. Sure. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Investopedia website. That's I'm sorry, rather, what? That's another, another one of those weird and wonderful websites I've mm. managed to find on the uh, yeah, internet. You do have a talent for it. I know, I know. Uh, the headline, which airlines give free meals to economy passengers? We've, we've been talking about meals on planes for, mm. for the last few weeks. So, But uh, the, the story is uh, on about, uh, obviously, the meals that are provided onboard aircraft in the economy section, which is the way that most of us travel, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it uh, goes on. Delta Airlines, uh, as of this month, Delta is going to offer free meals in coach class or economy class on several long-haul routes, and more will be added. The airline will even uh, serve the freebies uh, to its ultra-frugal flyers in basic economy as well, which is good. If you're going to travel on the cheapest ticket ever, you can still get some good food on board there as well. And uh, you're going to get, uh, obviously, a meal service, hot breakfast, sandwiches in the morning, uh, smoked turkey or vegetarian wraps later in the day, fruits and cheese plates as well. Um, overnight flights are going to feature a breakfast bar. I wonder what that's going to be. Is it like a, a just a breakfast bar, one of those crunchy things? I don't know. Yeah, what's the worst going to happen there? Yeah. Uh, I doubt anyone will have to oh, will have to refuse because they're <laughs> dieting. Well, obviously, yeah, because right. there's nothing to them. That's right. what they must mean, a breakfast bar. Okay. Uh, Hawaiian Airlines. Now, Hawaiian Airlines are going to also serve free meals on flights from Hawaii, uh, which is must be nice for those. Uh, the the uh, fruit and stuff on those flights is going to be awesome. And um, you're going to get uh, on the on the Hawaiian flights. You're going to get hot chibatas. 
uh, with egg, chip batter, egg batter. Chip batter. Oh, right. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheddar cheese, roasted potato, red and green bell peppers, fresh seasonal fruit, shortbread cookies. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, a lunch or dinner uh, might include ginger chicken. Oh, that sounds quite nice. Oh, Green nice, peas and yeah. carrots, corn, steamed white rice, Mexican bean salad and guava cookie. Blimey, that's quite nice. I like the sound of that. Emirates as well. Emirates, uh, they're f- uh, going to have flights from New York to Dubai in economy class. You're going to get uh, some quite nice pastas and stuff with them, and chicken and all various kinds of uh, vegetable biryani as well. And uh, raspberry cheesecake, that sounds quite nice. Uh, the oh. food on Emirates is actually really good. I have tried it. I can attest to that. It's, it's great. Virgin Atlantic, um, they, uh, their sample menu for economy travellers uh, begins with a, with a tab- tabula salad, whatever that is. Chicken uh, with a, with a, with a teriyaki. Tab- tab- yeah, tab- yeah, chicken teriyaki. Uh, oh, that sounds actually yeah, chicken teriyaki. teriyaki yeah, right, yeah. yeah, loaded chili beef melt. That sounds quite Were you nice. really hungry when you chose this I story? know. <laughs> Wedges, uh, spicy chili beef. I mean, blimey, the list is endless here for, mm. uh, for Virgin Atlantic uh, customers. Right. Okay. With afternoon tea. Ah, now, Obviously, now we're talking afternoon, afternoon tea. tea. You know, a Briti- you know it, it an Englishman the, likes an afternoon tea. There's it begs no the question, better. I mean, what, what do the flight crew get? You know, what do the, uh, what do the captain and well, flight... Well, I don't know. The, I they mean, get a very similar uh, menu to uh, Acme Red, actually. And ah. uh, we basically choose between any of the leftovers from any class. <laughs> it is and only the leftovers. there's a choice right? of crew food as well. Oh. So uh, we get a pretty good... Uh, what, about, what about afternoon tea? Is that something that's available from your airline? Uh, yeah, we do an afternoon tea where yeah, you can it. get um, <laughs> nicely uh, made sandwiches with the crust cut off. Right. You get a good, selection of uh, fairy cakes. Right. And scones, <laughs> uh, clotted cream and jam, strawberry <laughs> jam. Yeah. What could be nice? A nice cup of tea. What about on the uh, the C-130, Rick? I mean, do you get uh, <laughs> some quite nice uh, uh, cooked uh, roast beef dinners meals on, on the uh, 130? No, it's pretty much whatever it is we bring from Sheets, the local <laughs> gas station, actually. So that or else we get the old MREs or the meals ready to eat or meals rejected by everyone. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, uh, no, yeah, we it's whatever it is that you bring. There are guys that uh, they'll bring full three-course meals in their uh, lunch pail. I personally... You know, get the the old hot dog and uh, a sandwich from uh, the local gas station before I go right. fly. Well, yeah, it, well okay. it could be a McDonald's, I suppose. So you know, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be, worse, <laughs> yeah. be chicken nuggets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no! Don't, no, don't mention chicken, chicken nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> we have an aversion to those. Oh dear. <laughs> no, Al's not here. No, uh, nor is Steph. Yeah, nor is Steph. Steph. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so moving on to the next story, uh, and uh, well, I, do you know, I couldn't find as much as I trawled the internet this afternoon. I could not find a. Juicy Ryanair story. Right, okay. okay. Um, so, so. so I thought I'd, I'd choose a story for you, which was kind of a, a low-cost carrier, but for, for Stephen Grant. Oh, I see. Really? Have I got the wrong story in front of Possibly, me? Possibly, yes. Right, okay. Give me a clue. Virgin Australia. Oh, right. Oh, no, I have got the right story yeah. in front of me. I, just, I wouldn't associate Virgin Australia with low-cost. But anyway, there we are. Well, I'll Ooh, read the story. Are, Perhaps all will become clear in a moment. So uh, the headline on the news.com.au website is Virgin Australia rated the most on-time airline in 2016 uh, and Jetstar rated the worst. Okay. <laughs> are you listening, Grant? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Virgin <laughs> Australia has once again nabbed the title of being the most punctual domestic carrier in Australia. Uh, figures released by the federal government reveal that Virgin achieved the highest on-time figures for both arrivals at 80 
86.7% and departures at 88.4% in 2016. Following the pattern of the 2015 results, Qantas came in at a very close second with 86.4% of its arrivals and landing on time and 88% are for its departures. Um, it's uh, is this oh the, these are sorry sorry it's a slightly confusing website apologies for that so we understand the importance uh, our guests place on getting to their destination on time and we have many teams across the business including our on our flight and cabin crew network operations team and ground crew working hard every day to help deliver this strong result and we thank them for their dedication to this task says John Thomas for Virgin Australia Airlines as part of our ongoing push to improve on-time performance we have placed a heavy emphasis on ensuring our first flights of the day depart on time which help us better manage circumstances that arise during the course of the day that are out of our control, such as weather events. Uh, while uh, Tiger Air Australia came in third behind Virgin and Qantas at 81.6% and 83.1% for its arrivals and departures respectively, the budget carrier laid claim to having the lowest cancellation rate, 0.9% of all major domestic airlines in 2016. This also means it beat its low-cost rival Jetstar, which was the airline most likely to run late at 76.2%. That's not a very good statistic, is it really? 76.2% of its planes arrived late, and 73. No, that's, that's pretty dismal, to be it, fair. It's not good, is it? It's, it's not, not good. good. And 73.3% uh, uh, departed on time. It's really quite poor, isn't it? Uh, a Jetstar spokesman said, we operate more than 1,800 domestic flights across Australia each week, and the vast majority were on time last night. Well, not that much. I, I, I disagree with that. Anyway, uh, we know how important this is for our customers and we're working hard behind the scenes to make sure our flights consistently depart and arrive on time. The Bureau of Infrastructure, Transport and Regional Econ Economics, uh, that's bitter, um, seems appropriate, bitter, anyway, <laughs> defines an arrival or departure as being on time if it's within 15 minutes of the carrier's schedule. A flight is considered cancelled when it's removed from service within seven days of the scheduled departure. Only a small margin separated, uh, separated the regional airlines, which were ranked Regional Express at 87.5%, followed by Virgin Australia Regional Airlines at 86.8%, and Qantas Link at 85.7%. Uh, you get you get the gist of the story, really. But um, actually, on the subject of bitter, there there is a there is very sad news here in the uh, Stebbings household because Carlos has actually run out of beer, which yeah, is a, yeah, a very very distressing set it of events terrible. for anyone who's involved. In aviation. I mean, it's really quite. I've got red wine. Oh, you've got red wine. Oh, oh that's all right. <laughs> Thanks, wife. <laughs> There's hope yet. <laughs> I, have, I have red wine. Indeed. Plenty of that. So there we go. So jet uh, for, for especially for our Australian yes, listeners, okay. anyway. So you you've got, yeah. you kind of get the gist there. That, so Jetstar uh, didn't do very well. They didn't that's do very well. But that's Virgin that's Australia were marvellous. Yeah. yeah, right. I can tell you why the uh, best airport for punctuality is Mount Isa. It's because it's a stinking hot uh, place. Uh, that's just a mining town. And everyone wants to get out. <laughs> So uh, they just want to get out there as quick as they can. And they don't mind if the arrivals are late. Yeah, as long as it departs on, on time, they don't mind if it arrives late. <laughs> you can't spend long on the ground there because your tyres melt to the tarmac. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Sounds like a fun place to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to, to quench your thirst, the right. next story is, uh, is for you, uh, Nick, to read. It's uh, special, especially for you, especially chosen just for you, uh, Nick. 
Well, this one is that uh, story about uh, that famous Hong Kong uh, airline, Cathay Pacific, uh, who I have a sort of a love-hate relationship with. Right. But uh, <laughs> there you go. They're, they're, uh, they've been around for quite a while, and uh, they have decided that uh, uh, in their wisdom, they're going to offer beer ready to be a high flyer. So they're going to put a kind of special beer on board the aircraft. And what they say is, if you've ever noticed that your favorite beer tastes a bit off when you're on an airplane... Uh, airplane. Who says airplane? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably not because of improper storage or an old sell-by date. It's your mouth oh. and what you've had in it. Okay. Uh, and, and maybe how the cabin show, pressure show. <laughs> affects carbonation. So cabin pressure and altitude affect passengers' taste buds in flight. But Cathay Pacific and Hong Kong Beer Company, that famous craft brewer, have teamed up to craft a solution. The airline is talented. Betsy Beer as the world's first handcrafted bottled beer brewed to be enjoyed at 35,000 feet. The brewer used both Hong Kong and the United Kingdom sourced ingredients for the new beer, which is being first served to first and business class passengers on flights between Hong Kong and destinations in Britain, like Heathrow, Gatwick and Manchester, from now until April the 30th. So, pretty short time. Better get a quick flight if you want to try it. <laughs> yeah. We know that when you fly, you're sense of taste changes uh, says Julian Lydon marketing manager for Cathay Pacific airline as uh, sorry airlines address this for food in certain ways usually by sticking huge amounts of salt and fat on uh, oh uh, sorry that wasn't him that was me um, <laughs> nobody has ever tried to improve the taste of beer at altitude to find the perfect balance for a beer served both in the air and on the ground the airline and the brewer pulled together Hmm. And expert <laughs> tasting panel, sorry, including <laughs> leaders of the Hong Kong Craft Beer Association. Mei Chow recently voted Asia's best female chef for 2017. Uh, Wilhelm van Enden, Swire Restaurants General Manager, Swire being the uh, Hong that owned Cathay Pacific. Um, Cathay Pacific Management, Cabin Crews, and Marco Polo. Isn't he dead? I don't know. Oh, sorry, Marco Polo <laughs> Club members also got a chance to sit in judgment. So what they've done is they've done what most airlines have done with wines, and they have uh, chosen a beer, or in this case, apparently specifically, brewed a beer with a strong flavour to compensate for your loss of taste at altitude. There is an awfully long uh, addendum to this. I think we've got the gist of it, haven't yeah, we? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm forgive me for being a bit naive when it comes to this is this genuinely something that that is oh, real yeah. i mean it hmm. is genuinely something but um generally speaking uh flavors perhaps 10 to 15 percent difference uh, due to uh, cabin pressure differences oh, wow. i mean after all most airliners i've only got a cabin pressure of say six or at the most say seven thousand hmm. feet so it's not like when you go um to um, Johannesburg, mm. you suddenly notice that the beer doesn't taste of anything anymore because you're at an altitude of five and a half thousand feet in Joburg. Or if you you go skiing in, uh, um, you know, uh, near uh, LA, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the somewhere the cold anyway. <laughs> Where you're skiing up at around eleven thousand feet, yeah, you, you can still taste everything. It's just that. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of a gimmick. But okay. tell the truth, in the old days, we used to be able to buy the bin ends, the 
last bottles of a line of booze uh, wine. From yeah, so sort of stronger tannin and things like, yeah. Yeah. So when you got it named at the home, it was quite a full-bodied wine. Mm. And that's generally what you need if you're going to drink it at altitude. Ah. So, Rick, are you a lover of the uh, craft beers? Oh, I'm a lover of uh, all beers and whiskeys and scotches and Spendish bourbons and yeah, all of it. You know, that's interesting. I, I never actually thought that, uh, um, you know, uh, that altitude was really uh, had that much of an effect no, on, I didn't. on your taste buds either. I um, man, that looks delicious, Nick. I know, um, I know. It's the, old ad, the old Adnams ghost ship. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's award winning, that is. It's good beer. We it like is. that. Yeah, it, and it's brewed up the road from great. where we... we Brewed up the road from where we brewed about in, in twenty South minute drive so, from here. Yeah. yeah, I might have to go take a break and run downstairs and get one here in a minute. Very good um, idea. No, I, I actually I thought it was more um, just that dry air, and uh, mm. I suffer all the time in in the airliner, and uh, I guess really not so much in the C one thirty because it's so old. I don't even think we have water separators in that thing anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's uh, my sinuses, so I I, I don't know. I, I I had no idea that it was also the altitude as well. <laughs> well, but yeah, uh, yeah. definitely the dry air was uh, is definitely a, yeah. a big proponent for me, or you know, problem for me. I have no doubt that there will be universities across the world now looking for any excuse to do yeah. a full-on study about beer and and the alterations that it occurs during cabin pressure. If you remember, we ran a story not so long back about uh, one of the dude. Dutch I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Never mind. <laughs> do you remember that we we ran a story and Nick probably remembers one of the Dutch airlines. I think it was had the Heineken on tap and the. Oh, the... I do vaguely yeah. remember, and I yeah, was concerned. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I vaguely remember the concerns over the compressurized. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's hope for me yet. Yeah. And, we've, uh, <laughs> and we've also, in, in, I just forgot to mention, in the chat room, we've actually got uh, Matt Caton is actually the, the uh, model for our T-shirts. We'll get on more, on that, later. Yeah, more, on, more that on that later. More on that later. But he, Matt is a big lover of beer. Is Matt, he? Yeah, he right. brews okay. his own beer as well. Does he? Yeah, Matt Caton brews his own. Oh, uh, splendid. Bit of homebrew. Oh, yeah, he's oh, got... Oh, um, bit of homebrew. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah where, where we've got a studio in the kitchen, right. he's got okay. um, vats yeah. okay, in, in vats his kitchen. Beer. So, okay, vats of beer. Okay, splendid. Anyway, on to the next story, please. So the next story is on the Travel Pulse. .com site. The headline, Thomas Cook Airlines named the world's leading charter airline for second year running. Mm. So uh, Thomas Cook Airlines has been voted the world's leading charter airline for the second year running at the World Travel Awards. Uh, this follows its success uh, as Europe's leading charter airline in September again for the second year running. Thomas Cook's Group Chief Airlines Officer Christophe uh, Dibus said, uh, this is such a proud moment for us, and I'd like to thank all the employees across the group airlines for working so hard for our customers. Uh, the award comes as Thomas Cook Airlines completes its fleet upgrades with one million pound cabin upgrade program uh, with its 25 new Airbus A321s and the introduction of some incredible long-haul routes to the USA and Caribbean. For example, just in November and December 2016, the group airlines started seasonal flying programs from Munich and Manchester to Tobago, uh, with London Gatwick to Cape Town starting in December. Uh, with uh, strategy of being the best leisure airline, Thomas Cook Group Airlines has uh, seen rapid growth of seat-only sales on top of the existing charter and tour operator connected business. Around 50% of short and medium haul and more than 90% of the new US capacity being seat only. Uh, so it's a popular airline here in the UK. Mm. It's been around a long while, Thomas Cook. Um, and it 
but uh, and uh, obviously Nick's happy because it's an all they've got an all Airbus fleet. Have they? Right. Mm. Okay. Happy days. Is, <laughs> yes, they're a very um, tasteful airline. They've got good taste. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, he says very quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The next story is for you. Is uh, a is for me. One. Yes, uh, and it's it's my it's it's not quite as exciting for me to say as Wow Air. No, but no. Never mind. Uh, Wizz Air is the story, and Wizz Air passenger numbers are flying after airline announced new UK base at London Luton. Ooh, I say. Much, much upset there for EasyJet, no doubt. Uh, Low-cost Hungarian carrier Wizz Air has announced a bumper rise in passenger numbers for last month. Passenger numbers rose 21.8% to 1.7 million compared to the same month last year, while load factor gauging how full the planes are rose from 86.4% in February 2016 to 91.9%. On a rolling 12-month basis, passenger numbers rose 19% to 23.44 million passengers. Last month, the airline announced it was ramping up expansion efforts, adding 12 new routes across uh, Macedonia, Latvia, the UK, Czech Republic, Georgia, Hungary and Poland. It also announced a new base in London, Luton, which will open on the 18th of June, taking Wizz Air's number of bases to 28. So it's uh, good news for all these Brexiteer people who are all getting a bit worried if they're opening a new base here in the UK. Chief Executive Joseph Varadi said that while there had not been a change in passenger demand since the vote, the sterling slide has dis- diminished the euro value of its sales. So Varadi said that this new announcement underlines Wizz Air's commitment to the UK. By establishing base operations at London Luton, where Wizz is already the second largest operator and an important supporter of local jobs with our business partners, we are also creating direct local jobs with one of Europe's fastest growing airlines for the first time, he added. So that's a very exciting story for, for us here in the UK. It's one of those airlines you can't miss either. They've got that um, rather... Yeah. Rather... It's a rather study, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think. I think that's. Oh, is it over Russia that picture? I don't know. Somebody's going to shoot me down. Know. Yeah, I'll just pop that uh, that picture up there. I'm not really sure whereabouts it is, but it's a beautiful church or. It's or, Brighton, isn't it? It's Brighton. Brighton right. <laughs> yeah, very Brighton similar. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm worried. Oh, come on then, AV geeks. <laughs> what is the little craft that's just to the right of it? That's what actually what I was going to say. I'm quite worried about that picture because you've got obviously got the A320 there, and you've got yeah. you've got like a GA aircraft literally yeah. just off, not the, that uh, far away not from that far away. it. <laughs> yeah, that's slightly worrying, isn't it? Uh, if I if it was over Russia and I was that low, I'd be a bit worried. True, <laughs> absolutely being shot at. Yes. So the chosen Luton, obviously an airport I flew into last month, which is currently under huge amount of, uh, of redoing. I up. love Luton. Not. Um, yeah. yeah. It, we, they're calling it London Luton now. They'll they be calling are. it London Manchester before long. Yeah. And... <laughs> I know. <laughs> London <laughs> Norwich Airport. Yeah. yeah. London, Norwich. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I know. I agree. I agree. I I, I still think calling it London stands is a bit of a stretch personally but uh, that that's uh, my personal opinion on the matter absolutely <laughs> so nick the next story uh, on the express site for you a special a special safety type story for you there now this was a most interesting one mm. i was just gonna before i start ask you if you guys have read the aviation herald uh 
chit-chat about this. No, I haven't actually, no. I normally well, do read that While I'm day. doing this, if, you, if you've got the um, link, yeah, go yeah, and have, have a look. look. Yeah. Anyway, airline suspended by UK aviation watchdog after taking off in severe weather. An airline which provides flights from the Isle of Man to UK and Ireland airports has been suspended after it took off the airline didn't, obviously the airplane did, uh, in severe weather and was then forced to divert. City Wings services offer scheduled flights from the Isle of Man to Blackpool, Belfast, Glasgow, Newcastle, Gloucester and Liverpool Airport. The airline, which is operated by Czech-based firm Van Air, um, Van Audren Air, perhaps, I don't know, has been suspended by the UK Civil Aviation Authority after taking off in severe weather conditions. Last Thursday, Flight 503 was scheduled to depart from the Channel Island. That, the man, Isle of Man is not a Channel Island. It's nowhere <laughs> near the Channel. Well, it is the Daily Express. <laughs> it is the Daily Express, so I guess we should be okay. uh, we're grateful All they right. actually spent, spelt the world UK correctly. Cause it's, yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take it for red that Channel Islands, you have to be in the Channel. To be okay, Channel fair Island. enough. And Isle of Man is several hundred miles north, <laughs> somewhere near North Wales. Right, nowhere uh, near, anyway, in other words, yes. <laughs> scheduled apart from the Isle of Man, to Belfast at 11 a.m. Despite gale force winds, and actually it was pretty windy that day, with I think it was Doris coming through. Ah, good old Doris. Yeah. Doris, yeah. <laughs> the flight departed as normal, but was reforced, sorry, to return to the Isle of Man, where it made an earlier than anticipated landing at Ronaldsway Airport. The incident led to the runway being closed for several hours and firefighters attending the scene. Passengers on later flights that day also faced severe delays as a result. UK Aviation Watchdog has uh, confirmed it suspended Van uh, Air's permission to fly in the UK pending an investigation. A spokesman from the CAA told Express CUK uh, the incident is being investigated by the Czech civil aviation authorities, which have regulatory oversight of Van Air. On Monday, the 27th of February, uh, the UK CAA issued a permission to fly to Spirit Air, a Polish operator, which allows them to fly between the UK and the Isle of Man, so they're a different outfit. Um, the CAA added, uh, in addition, North Flying Airport Services, a Danish carrier, will operate uh, the Cardiff to Anglesey route. I'm quite sure what this, what this has to do with the original story. No, I, I, um, I fear they may have gone off topic slightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the safety of the travelling public is out number one, oh, our number one priority, <laughs> and we remain in contact with the relevant parties. In a statement on the airline's website, CityWing said, City Wing, sorry, can confirm that Van Air operated flight 502 took off from the Isle of Man, destined for Belfast on Thursday morning, but returned due to deteriorating weather conditions in Northern Ireland. City Wing have been advised by Van Air that the UK Civil Aviation Authority has requested to speak with Van Air following the incident until such discussions take place. The UK CAA has asked Van Air to stop flying. Mm. Now, I had a look at the Herald website. Yeah, earlier. I've got that in front of me now, Nick. Chance to, okay. So, as you'll see from that, 
uh, there's an awful lot of confusion as to who has taken this action because both the Czech and the UK Civil Aviation Authority uh, at one point or another have denied they've stopped them operating and both of them seem to uh, say the other one is conducting an investigation. So it seems to me an awful lot of confusion between the two countries' authorities. Mm. Uh, and in the middle is this airline. And the actual incident doesn't actually look like it was much of an incident. No, right. that is exactly what they, they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they flew to Belfast. They uh, made one approach. The weather was pretty bad. Mm. So they uh, uh, went around. They elected to return to the point of origin, which they did. The weather there was still just about suitable for them to land, and they landed safely. But they were told to stop on the wow. runway, uh, and then they were met by fire services who instructed them to evacuate their air, their passengers, which they did. And uh, the aircraft was then left stranded on the end of the runway for quite some time. So there's an awful lot of confusion uh, mm. wow. going on with this. So I, I don't know quite where... Where mm. poor, well, the uh, Metars yeah. the um, for Belfast City for that were, were Metars were saying it was winds gusting to 40 knots. Right. On there. So, so, yeah. so, I mean, what, what's considered the safe number then? I mean, is 40 knots a well, number where they should be? It changes for different off? aircraft. Um, you know, obviously, Absolutely. Mm, obviously it depends what the aircraft's crossword limits are and yeah. what the airline has decided is safe level. There is some suggestion that uh, this exceeded the aircraft's, uh, sorry, the companies uh, operating limits right so the, the the pilots perhaps shouldn't have gone looking at the forecast and the mm. actuals that were there but go they did and they got back um mm. I, I personally considering that it was a relatively short-lived squall coming through right. yeah i i mean you know someone else might have said well let's just sit on the ground for a few hours and yeah. then we can go off safely later on this afternoon but yeah. They obviously looked at the conditions. It was, in theory, legal. Right. So uh, off they went. Yeah, the so, L410 Turbolet, it's, um, it's, it's not a huge aircraft. Twin prop, obviously, mm. introduced into service in 1970. Right. Okay. It's been about for a little while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just uh, sort of uh, breaking news while we're, uh, we're uh, d doing the show, as it was. It's very rare. This is thank you very much to the, the person who sent me this just now. But... Uh, They've just got word about French air traffic control strikes that are running from the 6th to the 10th mm. of uh, February. So uh, good news for anyone having to fly through um, French airspace uh, very soon. <laughs> Great news. Is that something you have to worry about too much, Nick? Uh, only on uh, the um, African flights. Right. And we can usually get round by sneaking mm. either um, you know, to the uh, west and going through Spain, mm. or to the east and going through uh, Germany and Italy. So right. we can get round that pretty easily. Right. Okay, right. Well, there we are. Good. Yeah. I do love it. But, them. but they, they go on strike almost every month, don't yeah. they? I mean, it's not like <laughs> yeah. it's big news. If, if it's not them, it's farmers it's B, busy blocking BA, the roads. Yeah. Or BA. Yeah, BA are quite good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when I was growing up, I mean, there was forever sort of blockades with tractors closing roads and, you know, access to channel tunnels, etc. It seems like was... only a moment ago yeah. as well. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, there we are. Anyway, all showing our age now. I know. <laughs> I'm still 21. Anyway, oh, the yes. news uh, next one is at geo.tv, the next story. Yep. And the headline Dubai Airport to enforce stricter baggage rules. Ooh. So, uh, one of the largest airports, one of the busiest airports in the world, actually, Dubai. Uh, Dubai airport authorities have decided to introduce stricter baggage rules to ensure efficient handling of check in baggage. 
uh, and baggage operations. Passengers will be required to carry bags with flat surfaces with no oversized or irregular shaped or round bags are going to be allowed uh, by the airport authorities. According to new rules that are going to come into effect on March the 8th, so that's not that long away. No, not far away. Um, Ali Angizir, Vice President of Terminal Operations at Dubai International, said that even the most technologically advanced baggage systems can be disrupted by irregular shaped or oversized bags. The jams can shut down sections of the system and delay baggage delivery to the aircraft and inconvenience our customers, he said. All airlines operating in the airport have been informed of the new regulations by the authorities. Uh, the Dubai International Airport's baggage handling system spread over 140 kilometers is among the largest largest in the world so this is something we, we every now and again we, we talk about the baggage and stuff and the limits and size and stuff but we all know we've all seen the, the some of the luggage mm. that some yeah, people yeah. take on board aircraft as hand luggage or suitcases and uh, i think most people try some people try and fit the actual kitchen sink in their cases i do believe sometimes at least well uh, this is something actually i really don't understand because this is one of the world's most advanced baggage systems and although you can't tell from the photograph here um there are actually huge trays which carry the bags around so it's not like they're going down a big yellow conveyor belt which is what it kind of looks like from that picture mm. uh, there are individual trays at which the bags put in so i just don't understand what an irregularly shaped bag inside a tray what it's going to get caught on it's the tray that does the carrying uh, the, it's not like the bag is in, in, hits anything on the way I, so i don't know in, unless they've got kind of enormous some people checking enormous bags that won't fit. Uh, Mind I you, you say I that. I, I know from when I've done um, uh, trips uh, where, where you've been collecting people from the airport and taking them to their, their sort of final destination, usually a, like, a, like a boarding school or whatever. And sometimes, I mean, bearing in mind they're only coming for like a few days, and the size that these, the, <laughs> of these bags that the kids are bringing are bigger than they are. Uh, I mean, so, have, have you seen the size of the case I'm taking to Pittsburgh? Yeah, but there's... Oh, right, no, it's just you, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, and that's just with all the gifts for Rick, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. well, of course, absolutely. Quite right. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. Just bring booze, that's all I can oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. We, we can yeah. manage that. Yeah. What kind of scotch do you like, Rick? Uh, well, let's see. A lot of space side, actually. But, oh, uh, good man. Good man. Oh, oh I'd perfect. like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. Well done, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. The, the door's always open here whenever you're in the UK, Rick, just pop yeah. round. I should just say that, say that the air traffic control thing I was reading, that, that was actually sent to me by Owen. I just had to double oh, well check done. that I could say that without him getting into trouble. That was all the same. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I've done a lot of flying in the UK and mm. I've done a lot of flying through Europe and everything. But um, I know that, uh, you know, the UK air traffic control system, that's uh, privatized. Is that correct? It's uh, a civilian company. Of uh, it, it's funded by a conglomerate of civilian companies, uh, one of which is Acme Red, um, but uh, it's overseen by the government. Right. I see. And then what about uh, through Europe and everything? How, how does that uh, normally work? Are they kind of... Uh, a... That's all clockwork. So you have a big key and you wind it up and everything again, <laughs> the clockwork runs down and they go on straight. Right. Okay. <laughs> or if you overwind it, it just the gears just come completely off. Oh, yeah. behave, <laughs> the pair of you. What are you like, honestly? The, the European system, which covers 
uh, most of Germany and most of Europe is uh, Maastricht. And uh, uh, exactly who runs Maastricht, uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's a European run in consortium. Now, without uh, probably opening too bag or too big of a you know Pandora's box here, but uh, the one thing that we've been going through here in the United States is, is the talk about privatizing the uh, air traffic control system here, and I don't know. Uh, uh, there's a lot of feelings on that in both directions, but I think it's it seems like a lot of people think that by privatizing the uh, ATC industry here, um, the airlines themselves are going to get to I don't know. People I mean, say pay for priority. I mean, I has, has that true. has that happened, Nick? I mean, I mean, obviously, it's sort of a similar thing has occurred here in the UK. I mean, is that uh, you know, in your experience, uh, has that has it made much difference to the way that the ATC operates since it's been privatised? No, none, none whatsoever. I mean, it's just run nowadays like a uh, sort of commercial enterprise. So the navigation fees pay for the uh, service, yep. and they give a profit to the investors. Mm-hmm. Now, Carlos, Matt, you, one of you said uh, that uh, you were taking um, uh, flight lessons. That's Are, me. Do you have to have pay a fee uh, in order to use the air traffic system? Is that how that works? No, we don't. Not round here. Not no. round here. <laughs> we're, we're, in, uh, we're in uncontrolled uh, airspace here. We don't have uh, – well, we do have some restrictions, obviously, because yeah. we do have – Mainly around Norwich. Yeah, we do have an yeah. international airport. Well, it's called an international airport, but it's, yeah. a, it's in an In the same way that, London, L- that Luton is near London. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we are – if we stay within our, in our area, our kind of zone, you know, we can pretty much do what we like when we like. Mm. Um, you know, whenever we like. I mean, the only um, the only sort of restriction you have really near your local airport is purely and simply because of the parachute plane, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah, that we, we yeah, so yeah. you just have a ground control that that's that sort but of. But price monitoring. wise, no, we just you know you pay you pay your hourly rate and uh, you go flying. And that's it. Mm. Which is not not uh, too cheap, but there we go. No, no indeed, but uh, but you, but none of that is to do with uh, no no with that indeed. Okay, so we're on to the next story next then. Story. And uh, this is uh, I always get a bit enough nervous when it says Russia today in the headline, but never mind. I'm sure nothing bad can come of this. Uh, so well, we it's go. a squeaky clean story. It's a so squ- you'll be okay. oh, oh, very good. No, it's, please, please, gentlemen, do not encourage him. Um, the, 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 the stowaway, stowaway mouse grounds British Airways flight to San Francisco, costing the airline 290,000 euros. Wow, that's quite a quite a figure. So a British Airways BA flight was delayed by more than four hours after a mouse was found scuttling around on board the Boeing 777. Up to 200 passengers on the Heathrow flight bound for San Francisco were told the aircraft could not take off with the creature on board and that a new flight would have to be scheduled. The rodent cost BA around €290,000. That's $305,000. Uh, wow, that's a really... Sorry, I, I've just stopped there. You, you just when you look at the co- the comparisons between euros and and uh, dollars, it's quite frightening, really, how there isn't actually that much in it like there used to be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, this includes a compensation fee of six hundred euros for each passenger under EU rules. Despite the hefty bill, the company was able to see the funny side. With service and prices this good, we know almost everyone wants to fly with us to San Francisco. But on this occasion, there was one very small customer 
who we've had to send to the back to the gate. Oh, dear. A BA <laughs> spokeswoman told the Evening Standard, everyone holding their own passport is now on their way to California, and we are sorry for the delay. One passenger named Carly said that there was a general disbelief in the atmosphere. I'm not sure people knew how to react, she told the BBC. Some passengers took to social media to laugh about their experience. So, yes, it's a... Uh, oops. So, why is it such a problem, guys, having a mouse on the aeroplane? Um, I, I, I don't know whether they were concerned, perhaps, that the aircraft had to be checked to make sure that um, nothing had been chewed, possibly? I don't know. Uh, they, that could be an issue yeah, with chewed that, wires. That's the biggest problem. As soon as you see a rodent on it, they love eating electrical wires. wires yeah, this, absolutely. If you've ever had a mouse infestation in your house, one of the first things you'll probably notice is that all the, all the electrics go funny. Yes, as they indeed. chewed all the yeah. damn wiring. Or, or uh, I, so if you see a, a mouse uh, on an aircraft, that's it. You ground the damn thing and you have to defumigate it and kill that Indeed. See that you'd get away with having a mind you know with that with that issue on a on a boeing obviously because you've got um proper you know controls and stuff oh, that not, really? not, um, why you know with, why are uh, you what, just why <laughs> yeah, Carlos? Yeah, there's there's no electrics at all on the 787 are there <laughs> mm. okay good. Oh, um, yeah, we I had, had a we had a, an airplane come back from Puerto Rico infested with crabs. Oh, crabs. And we had to actually fumigate what, the, the airplane. The <laughs> well, oh, no. <laughs> Just the pilot seat. No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> family show, gentlemen. Family show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. This is terrifying. Uh, okay, can we move on? Oh, seriously, you've got beach cra crabs? How do crabs get on board a, an airplane? Uh, we left uh, some of our equipment pallets outside, and uh, I guess the, oh, cool. they yeah. decided to make their home in the pallets. We <laughs> put the pallets on board to take them home, and uh, actually it was uh, one of our uh, girls that worked in the office. She was actually sitting there, and all of a sudden she screamed and freaked, and there were little crabs beach crabs running out from the pallet and they were running all over the airplane so when we got home we had to everyone offload we had to leave everything in there and then we had to fumigate it because the uh, uh customs and border patrol wouldn't allow us to take anything off the airplane oh, good point good mm. point yes <laughs> like Best, better give samuel l jackson a call that could be his new uh, sequel <laughs> yeah. crabs on a crabs plane. on a plane wow. yeah, <laughs> snakes on a plane mice on a plane yeah. crabs on a plane yeah. that's gonna be yeah. terrifying it is absolutely and i'm not scared about flying already that, so it's fine well, I, I, ha I have to say yeah. but we can class them as emotional support um emotional animals. support <laughs> Well, they have yeah. them in the They're US. They're not the most cuddliest of creatures. <laughs> Emotional support crab. Oh, well, actually, if you it. had snakes on a plane and mice on a plane, that would be fine because the snakes oh, would eat the, the mice. Would eat the mice. True. You just got to find something to eat the snakes. Mongoose. Mm. Oh, Mongooses. Uh, I don't know. What, what about what about crabs? Are, 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 are they a fan of snakes? <laughs> you could grill them, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Not okay. sure. Yeah. No, ninja ninja crabs. <laughs> just just boil them in hot water. It'll be fine. Uh, <clears> so <throat> moving on, the, yeah, the okay. next story um, is is especially for uh, for Captain Nick. Oh, oh God! Was this? Uh, let me have a look. Swiss increased capacity That's in Singapore. The one. Yeah. How exciting is this? <laughs> Um, what? You want me to read this out loud? Yeah, I want you to read this story, Nick. This is, uh, this is especially for you, Nick, this story. This has nothing okay. to do with me, I should just stress. Right. Sounds uh, like a right. setup. Uh, <laughs> Swiss uh, blunder by replacing <laughs> Airbus A340-300 entirely. Swiss has increased capacity 
between the two financial centres, Singapore and Zurich, with the flagship aircraft Boeing 777-300. What was that, sorry? <laughs> to meet market demands, apparently. <laughs> apparently it's, it's bigger, big fat Boeing. <laughs> Starting from Friday the 3rd of March, Swiss International Airlines is operating the flagship aircraft Boeing 777-300 on a daily basis between Singapore and Europe, replacing the beautiful A340-300 entirely. Uh, Swiss has increased capacity on this route to meet market demands, despite the appalling aircraft that the passengers are now going to have. We're pleased to introduce continuous growth in Singapore, as this is our strategic hub within Asia, within the group network, said... Hilico Bricks, who will soon be losing his job, regional director <laughs> for Group Airlines, he continued. Um, anyway, they're going to fly this awful airplane three times weekly, uh, and it has been very well received by the idiots who like Boeing. <laughs> uh, Boeing offers 340 seats, eight right. in first class. So okay. you can see the sort of people that fly Boeing. So they only have eight first class seats. <laughs> yeah. Whereas they have hundreds in economy. Uh, this first-class seat pictured above is transformable into the occupant's own private suite so they can hide out the fact that they're traveling on a 777. It includes the first two-inch screen, the largest in the industry, which so pictures of Airbus aircraft. Swiss business class offers pre-optimum privacy and freedom of movement whilst the seat Cushion could be individually regulated. Bit of editing to do here. Last <laughs> <laughs> guests are able to make use of a self-service kiosk that offers a wide range of drinks and an alternative ticket on an Airbus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you did very well there. You Nick. did well. Um, yes, honestly. I'll give you that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and on behalf of Plain Talking UK, I'd like to apologise to Captain Nick for any distress that may or may not have just been caused. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you know, when that when that story popped up on a news feed, I thought, God, that is just a beautiful story yeah. for Nick. So uh, to be fair, they haven't got a picture. Oh, well, they've, I suppose that's triple Z. They haven't got a picture of an Airbus, which is a shame. But we got rid of our 300s a while back because, uh, you know, they uh, they were a great entry level aircraft. But uh, the 600 is so much nicer, which <laughs> I guess we don't have. Otherwise, they'd be flying them. Yeah, I remember you saying actually, Nick, on a, on a previous uh, APG that the 300s were were a tad bit underpowered. Uh, yeah, they weren't. They weren't the most powerful of machines. They were yeah. quite economical though. But uh, mm. yeah. So moving on to the next story, and this one is on the Flight Global site. And uh, Boeing sets rollout date for the 737 MAX 9. Uh, two months before the anticipated entry into service of the 737 MAX 8, Boeing has scheduled the official rollout of the first 737 MAX 9 for the 7th of March, which is next week, actually, uh, in Renton, Washington. The public debut of the stretched and re-engined single aisle keeps the program on track for its first flight in April, followed by entry into service in 2018. The 737 MAX 9 is 42.1 metres, or 138 feet long, uh, with a 2.6 metre stretch on the 737 MAX 8. Boeing's also gauging airline interest in a 1.68 metre stretch of the 737 MAX 9, which has sold poorly compared to the Airbus A321neo. 
Nick's got his own back there. <laughs> the CFM International <laughs> Leap 1B powered 737 MAX family has picked up more than 3,600 orders overall, but only uh, about 220 orders for the Max 7, uh, 737 MAX 9. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Boeing is preparing the 737 MAX 8 to enter service as early as April this year with launch operator Norwegian. Ooh, well, there we are. It's, it's a bit of uh, karma there, I think. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. no, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'll, mind you, the, the, uh, the A320neos are still, mm. in service already, so um, it'll be good to see these MAXs come in. Onto, uh, onto, the, onto the line as such. Yes, on to the next story then. This is uh, on the Daily Post, and the headline is Northern Flights Airbus Jet... Uh, this, this really doesn't read very well. Wish me luck. Nor- Airbus Jet heads to polar region for extreme weather testing. Mm. Oh, this sounds interesting. An Airbus test plane has headed north to test how it operates in extreme cold. The latest member of the Airbus all-new A350XWB wide-body family has undergone rigorous ground and flight tests in extreme operating conditions of uh, in Canada, which provided a picture. Thank you very much. Sorry. Uh, in Canada, which provides uh, a picturesque dra- backdrop um, accentuated by the good old northern lights. Equaluit, a Canadian territory with a polar climate caused by the Labrador current, good old, these blooming Labradors, honestly, they get everywhere, uh, <laughs> allows Airbus's longest fuselage, A350-1000 version, to face off against one of the most challenging environments for an aircraft. I'm just going to stop there and pop this picture up. I don't know if this has been face, as this, whether this has been photoshopped or what, but that is an absolutely stunning picture with the northern lights in the background there and the A3... That's, uh, that's one for Nick's, Nick's uh, wall. That is, that is an amazing. Well, I must admit, it does look very pretty. If that had been a Boeing, however, I would have probably said, it looks like they're venting the toilet. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Spend it. Uh, but Drive plasma. Good news, everyone. It's an Airbus, <laughs> so we could... <laughs> stop it. Uh, so we could just say nice <laughs> things about it and move on. It is on. a fantastic-looking airplane, though, isn't it? It I is. Mean, uh, well, and especially against w- the backdrop of the Northern I Lights. Would l- yeah, absolutely. I would love to uh, have a chance to fly. I just don't is that is Acme Red going to be getting time. some of these, Nick? The uh, XWBs. I'm sorry, second. Is Acme Red going to be getting some? Oh, of these we're going to get a bunch of them. Oh, good. Uh, around fifteen, I think. Wow. Mm. Oh, that's good. If not more. Wow. I love the wing on this uh, A350. It's so, it's so pretty, and it, it just flows so well. And um, you know, I don't have a dog in the uh, Boeing or Airbus fight. I, I'm a Lockheed Martin and a jungle jet uh, oh, man myself, but I, I just think how the wing flows is just—it's so pretty, and, and uh, uh, it, it, just the whole airplane just has a nice, uh, nice kind of sleek look to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would love to get my hands on the on the flight deck. I mean, it, uh, the, the gear in there—it looks just fabulous. So yeah. They've done a really good job. Anyway, to just, to, to just finish off the story, it says that uh, the jetliner successfully completed five days of intensive testing at an outside air temperature uh, that fluctuated between minus 28 degrees and minus 37 degrees Celsius. Uh, Emmanuel Costanzo, uh, who was the flight test engineer at Airbus, said one of the results... Uh, said of the results, sorry, that the A350-1000 has responded successfully to the ground and flight test performed in the freezing temperatures of Equalit, uh, which de- demonstrates the already proven maturity and reliability of the A350-XWB. Uh, all three A350-1000 
uh, flight test aircraft have been engaged in the type certification campaign. <coughs> These latest tests come three years after the A350-1000 sister, the A350-900, successfully overcame the uniquely challenging environment of Canada. The uh, wings for the A350-1000XWB will be made at Broughton in Flintshire. I have to say, I, I, I feel a bit sorry for Emmanuel. I don't suppose he's the um, the top um, test pilot or very high in the pile if he had to go off to a Caliwood to do the cold weather well, trial. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else was going, oh, no, sorry, I'm on holiday. Yes, absolutely. Everybody is really busy. Yes, absolutely. Is, is, yeah. there, any, is there any chance that, Nick, you might get the chance to uh, to have a, have a go on one of these at all if, uh, uh, if Acme Red the, get them? Um, the, the aircraft arrives in like February and I retire in September the same year. Right. So uh, they, the chances are probably not. I mean, I will ask and put my hand up and say pretty please. <laughs> but I, please, uh, yeah. I suspect they'll go. It's not worth the trouble. No, no it's a no shame. Indeed. Yeah. So we for the last uh, for the last story in the, in the uh, commercial segment this week we've got uh, we've got a top ten have we? Uh, oh right. Yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah. uh, <laughs> this, okay. this one is on the the investor place dot uh, com website and it's uh, best and worst airlines in the US for 2017. Right. Uh, the airlines were ranked based on the uh, criteria of price, convenience, headaches, and extras. Uh, the selection consists of a ranking of the 10 top airlines in the nation based on size. Uh, the publication ranked these based on a number of factors that helped to determine how pleasant or unpleasant the flight experience is, including price, convenience, and headaches and extras. Indeed. Uh, okay. The criteria was broken down into two categories for pricing, with airfares accounting for 25% of it and bag and change fees for 10%, while convenience included three categories such as route networks, 15% of that, on time arrivals, 10%, and cabin comfort at 10%. So we are going to run through a top 10 list. We'll take... We'll Take one each, shall we? Shall we? Yeah, we'll start at number 10, obviously. So, uh, brace yourselves then, ladies and gentlemen. Carlos will go first. Okay. If you're ready then, gentlemen, let's do it. So, in at number 10, it is the world-famous, we've talked about them earlier on the show, Spirit Airlines. Indeed. In at number 9. That was with you, Nick. Number 9. Oh, number nine, uh, close to a border near you, Frontier Airlines. Oh, indeed. In at number eight, Rick. Uh, be Hawaiian Airlines. Excellent. Number seven, please, Carlos. Uh, number seven, it is the world-famous Delta Airlines. Ooh, in at number six, please, Nick. In at number six is that uh, amazing place that's down and to the left, Southwest <laughs> Airlines. Uh, number five, please, Rick. Number five is American Airlines. In at number four. They're not very uh, happy, but they are JetBlue Airways. <laughs> In at number three, please. Woohoo! Virgin <laughs> America. Yeah, I don't know who they are. In at number two, please. A very surprising United Airlines. And finally, at the UK's number one, it is uh, actually an airline. It's a bit chilly around the edges. It's Alaska Airlines. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, that was a bit of harmless fun. It's a shame it didn't work first time, but never mind. It's all part of fun. There we are. Well done, chaps. 
Splendid. So that is uh, where we bring the commercial section of the show to a close. Uh, we're going to do something now uh, slightly different uh, this week in the fact we have... Uh, oh, actually, sorry. But as I bring the uh, commercial section to a close, I should just say we are very aware, obviously, that there is a big report that was released this week. Uh, in fact, it was released today, and that's to do with the Shoreham air crash. Now, many of you have probably been following this story as it goes. It's been, been, been big news here in the UK uh, for reasons... Uh, that I won't go into. Basically, we've decided not to cover the story as such, other than to say that the report has now officially been released. And for those of you who are interested in reading that full report in our show notes, we're going to put a link to the UK government website and the official report findings. So for those of you who are interested, if you take yourself to our website and our show note page, you will find the details of that report for you to read in full on our website. We're going to do now, if that's okay with Cast, we're going to talk about t-shirts before we move on to yes, the military we are. Yeah. So those of you who've looked on the website over the last uh, week or two have noticed that we've got the, the little extra tab on there now that says mm. shop. Indeed. Uh, Matt's been busy building parts of websites and stuff for us on the PTUK website and uh, we've now thankfully got our uh, t-shirt page up for sale and the, the t-shirts are being modelled there as for those of you in the YouTube chat room you can see the pictures there by uh, Matt Caton, who's in the uh, who was in the chat room. I don't know whether Matt's still in the chat room now, but uh, there's uh, the T-shirts that we have uh, now. You can uh, go on the store page on here and order yourselves one of our PTUK T-shirts. They are Fruit of the Loom T-shirts, 100% yep. cotton, nice soft cotton. Yeah, we've mentioned the word Fruit of the Loom only because, and just bear in mind, please, also that it's Fruit of the Loom T-shirts that are the UK sizes. So yeah. just yeah. take that into consideration, obviously, when you when you you do it. Now we're very aware that we have lots of people around the world. Who order, who, who may or may not be interested in buying our T-shirts, which is one of the reasons why you can just see the table uh, if you are looking at on the YouTube web page that basically shows. So you can buy the T-shirt now. The price that you see there, so it's eighteen pounds a UK sterling, twenty-three pound fifty, uh, twenty-three euros fifty cents, uh, twenty-six dollars uh, in the US, thirty-four dollars fifty in uh, Australia. 36.50 in New Zealand dollars and 35.50 in Canadian dollars. That is the price that you pay. Including, that includes shipping yeah. and the cost of the t-shirt. And the only reason we mention about the size is because they are fruit of the loom t-shirts. And I know that sometimes there are issues. Um, you know, the sizes aren't necessarily uh, not necessarily what you think they are. So they, as I say, it is fruit of the loom. So if you, if you're familiar with fruit of the loom, you'll, that'll hopefully give you an mm. idea as to what t-shirt size is is best for you. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's um, that includes all PayPal fees, all card transaction fees, etc., yeah. etc. So the price yeah. that you see there in front of you takes into consideration the current exchange rate, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, so th those are our uh, t-shirts. So they are finally available. Uh, so knock yourselves out, uh, take yourself to the website. So on the front, uh, on the front of the t-shirt, as you can see, Matt's in. The, he's in the chat room now. He's still in the chat room. Yeah, he yeah. looks lovely, isn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, yes. So on the front, there is the the embroidered logo. It's an embroidered logo yep. Yep. on the front. The PTK and the logo. It's all embroidered. And yeah, as that Matt said, on the back is a print as well of uh, of all the info there for, the for us. Absolutely. So yeah, that's so, good. yes, please, guys, uh, we're going to use. Uh, there is a very small profit that's made on every t-shirt, and we're going to use that. Uh, to, to sort of help to the running costs towards the show. So uh, if you would be so kind and are interested in buying a T-shirt, take yourself to www.plaintalkinguk.com forward slash store, and that will take you straight to the Matt, show. Matt said, Matt Caton, our model there, has yes. said he's a medium. He's a medium. Yeah, right. he's got okay. a medium one so He's on got there. a medium T-shirt on, so that might give you an idea of, uh, of what you need. He's famous now. He's, he ch he's so chuffed. No, infamous. 
Infamous I, is I, the I spoke to him at work this week, and he he was mm. just right yeah okay. blown away the poor really. man needs more in his life then if, <laughs> if modeling t-shirts for us is that exciting for him but anyway no seriously matt thank you very much for letting us use your photo as well. yeah so we're going to move on then with uh, a spot of military news then. Yeah, and indeed. then we're going to have a good old chin wag with, we are, uh, with, with our Captain extra special guest so yes. if you're ready then gents here we go <laughs> So the first uh, story with the military news this week is on Flight Global's site and the RAAF A330 multi-role tanker transport fleet achieves final operational capability. Uh, so the Royal Australian Air Force has achieved final operational capability for its fleet of Airbus and Defence and Space A330 multi-role tanker transport aircraft. Designated as the KC-30 Alpha in Royal RAAF Air Service, the milestone signifies that the full capability of the aircraft, including using its refuelling boom, is now available. Uh, it, this is a significant milestone for the fleet, which is now able to refuel a range of aircraft from the Air Force and the international partners, says Defence Minister Maurice Payne. The RAAF took delivery of its first KC-30 in 2011, and initial operating capability was achieved in 2013. Chief of Air Force Air Marshal Leo Davis says that the air tanker has undergone a wide range of operational test and evaluation activities, including refuelling the United States Air Force F-35A Lightning II aircraft. Uh, this was a vital test of the KC-30A to ensure we are prepared for our future force, including the F-35A arriving in late 2018, he adds. The KC-30s have been used for some time in both transport and tanker roles, and it's played a key role in supporting Australian, US and other allied aircraft being used in the Middle East to attack Islamic State targets. Airbus Defence and Space, uh, the RAAF, recently announced a deal to further develop the KC-30's capabilities, which include research into uh, automating the aircraft's boom refuelling process. Australia operates five KC-30s and is acquiring two more A330-200s for the conversion to KC-30s from CIT Aerospace. Uh, those additional aircraft, which will also serve as VIP transports, are going to be delivered in 2017 and 2019. Um, now, Rick, is the um, is this an aircraft you're familiar with? Uh, the uh, the 330 multi-role. Uh, I actually got to see this thing over in the UAE on my last deployment, and what a neat aircraft it is! It's uh, uh, it just it looks so. Uh, versatile uh in in comparison to uh uh the boeing that uh don't uh, you start <laughs> blimey <laughs> that the uh, the air force is uh was at the kc-46 i think yeah. um but uh um yeah this is uh, really impressive i really like this thing hmm. obviously nick's a fan of it because it's based on the 330 so <laughs> Well, not only that, but it's the Australians have bought it. In fact, a lot of forces have bought it. Now, the interesting thing about the Australian version I spotted when I was just taking a quick look at it earlier was that they have both uh, Drogon Probe, 
which uh, at the moment the Aussies only um, have probe-equipped aircraft, so they only actually need a drogue system. But they have also uh, fitted a um, boom, as in you know the USAF mm. requirement mm. for uh, boom refueling. So they will be able to do both. Now, the only reason I can think of is that either their F-35s are only going to be able to um, take fuel on through a receptacle in the back of the fuselage or the center of the fuselage, a la um, probe, um, or boom, I should say. Uh, but our versions are going to have, uh, I think, conventional, or I say conventional, um, we're getting the marine version, which is, uh, you know, the, um, the probe that comes out of the side, the retractable probe that goes into mm -hmm. the the, uh, and uh, I'm not quite sure why the Aussies have got an aircraft that's capable of doing both, unless they plan in the future doing a lot more work with the USAF, um, and uh, perhaps uh, they're thinking ahead, and uh, and perhaps they're also thinking, uh, well, I don't know, perhaps they've done a bit of a deal with the Americans to uh, help fund uh, these aircraft uh, on the knowledge that they will be uh, well enough equipped to uh, give fuel to USAF aircraft that happen to be going through Australasia. Mm, that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're right there, Nick, because uh, I, I believe the uh, the Aussies are actually going through school right now for the F-35 at uh, Eglin Air Force Base, and they're flying all A models, is my understanding, which is uh, the uh, the the uh, pro, or the you know the um, you know, with the boom and, and receptacle on the aircraft. Um, so I guess that would make sense that, uh, you know, that uh, Airbus would market an aircraft that has the capability to do both and, and do it well. Yeah, and whereas we're getting the U.S. Marine version, which is the vertical takeoff, and the Marines, of course, uh, use probe and drogue. Mm. So uh, that I, uh, we're getting that version. The Aussies could have picked either, I guess, but... Uh, uh, they've gone for uh, the USAF version, so um, hats off to them. Let's hope it turns out to be a good, air, a yeah. good aircraft, as we all hope it will. Indeed. I, I, I keep your guesses coming in, by the way. Uh, people in the chat room have a conversation uh, about a little game that we're now referring to as Guess the Sound. Uh, as you may have noticed, there was some unusual noises coming from Rick's end, and we're playing a little game. Uh, we've got suggestions of table tennis, uh, marbles, and I suggested possibly dominoes. Um, so, Nick, uh, Rick, sorry, sorry, could you perhaps put us out sorry, of our misery? Guys, what was I, uh, the noise? My, my, I, my iPad is starting to die, and I'm oh, no. panicking because it's like... It's, <laughs> okay. It, Skype doesn't work on my computer right now, and okay. uh, my iPad is hovering right there between about seven and eight percent. Okay, I think right. It's barely hanging on, so we'll right. we'll do our best. I'll okay, best right. Here. No, okay. In that okay. case, very important noises. In that case, yes. <laughs> very so moving noises. swiftly on, then. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Okay, on to uh, the next story, and this is uh, with Avalon now. Uh, Another Australian. Yeah, story. Uh, friends of the show uh, will know Grant McCarran, the legend that is, and I know he's been there this week. Yeah, Grant uh, and Steve have been. He's actually here. been working. Has yeah. has has yeah. Grant? He's a uh, actually participating so he's very excited about it but anyway Avalon so this is on Flight Global Avalon RAAAF sorry RAAAAAAF yes RAAAF or the Royal Australian Air Force if one prefers gets the hello you right there carry on 
splendid. You're having fun there? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, the Royal Air Force, the Royal Australian Air Force gets to grips with the C-27J. The Royal Australian Air Force is gradually increasing the capabilities of its new Alina C-27J Spartan tactical transports and looking at options for training crews and upgrading aircraft systems. The C-27J in the RAAF service made its debut at this year's air show. The RAAF has received four aircraft and will have its full fleet of 10 by the end of 2017 or early 2018. Uh, air Commodore Richard Lennon, who heads the RAAF's Air Mobility Group says that the C-27J uh, and its ability to accommodate aircraft cargo containers was a key aspect in the aircraft selection. During operations near the front lines, uh, containers ha can be unloaded from a Boeing C-17 or a Lockheed Martin C-130J and transferred to smaller C-27Js without the need for repacking. The C-27J can then operate to more austere airfields and that are not easily accessed by the larger types of aircraft. Uh, the aircraft received initial operating capability in December 2016 with final operational capability expected in 2019. Some people regard the C-27J as a miniature Hercules, said Lennon, referring to the C-27J similarly to the C-130J. I prefer to think about it as a fixed-wing Chinook helicopter. Wow, that's quite a comparison. Uh, he says that operating a large twin-engine cargo transport is somewhat of a new area for the RAAF, given that it's uh, that it's De Havilland Canada DHC-4 um, now, what is that? Is it Caribous were retired? Caribous. Caribous. Caribous, yeah. Were retired some years ago. Several pilots have been drawn from the RAAF's Beechcraft uh, King Air um, community, bringing essential knowledge of the nuances with operating twin turboprops. Apart from the aircraft's military mission, the ability to easily transfer pallets to a very, it will be very useful when the RAAF ferries humanitarian supplies after a natural disaster, says Wing Commander Jared Pendleberg. Uh, he's the commander of 35 Squadron. Pendleberg has ex experience with both the C-17 and the C-130J. He says that of the three aircraft, the C-27J is the most forgiving in terms of landing on challenging surfaces. So, are we yes. going to uh, are we going to see possibly see one of these uh, at Pittsburgh this year? Uh, uh, I'm gonna, we're, we're trying. We're, we're we're really trying, but uh, I I don't know. The uh, the C27 is uh, now strictly an army uh, asset. Uh, the Air Force uh, got rid of all of these aircraft uh, because they uh, found that they had exactly the same performance characteristics as the uh, uh, C-130. Ah. But on a massively smaller scale, I think. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was kind of the problem that a lot of these guys were having is, is that, uh, you know, it's uh, four pallet positions, two engines, whereas the uh, and, and same performance as... Uh, the uh, C-130J with uh, six pallet positions and four engines, mm. um, and in fact, in some in some ways, uh, the C-130J uh, actually beats out the C-27 in performance. We can actually, uh, uh, at heavier loads, it can actually get off the runway a lot faster. Mm. Indeed. So, Nick, do you want to take the last uh, the last story? Hello. Hello. He's he's gone quiet. Nick. 
You've gone quiet. You're yeah, he's on, yeah. on, 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 on mute. Sorry about that. Don't panic. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the Atlas. Is that the? That's right. Yes, yeah, it, it's yeah. The, yeah, it's the Royal Atlas. So Force. this is the uh, RAF A400M Atlas demonstrated to the Kiwis, the New Zealand Air Force. Now we saw this fabulous uh, piece of kit we did, at Farnborough. Farm, and Chiefs yeah. was I impressed with its performance. Yeah. Very good. So the article goes on. Um, a glorious day in your Wellington boot. Oh, I'm sorry. In Wellington, <laughs> New Zealand, provided the perfect backdrop for the RAF to show off the Airbus A400M Atlas to the Royal New Zealand Air Force as part of a prestigious partnership between the two nations. The A400M, based at RAF Briz Norton, or Bryce Norton, for those of us in the know, in <laughs> Oxfordshire, is the newest aircraft in the RAS fleet. It boasts cutting-edge technology, mind your fingers, combined with sheer brute strength <laughs> to make it a formidable strategic and tactical airlift platform. Able to deploy globally, it specializes in carrying oversized pilots, um, I'm sorry, oversized <laughs> loads and can transport a load of two hundred, no, 25 tons over a range of 2,000 nautical miles. I nearly got those the wrong way around. Sorry about that. 2,000 tons over 25 miles wouldn't be. One is very... never sure whether you're doing something seriously or not sometimes, Nick. I've got to be honest. <laughs> uh, oh, trust me, I'm a pilot. Yes, uh, the 800M combines huge lifting power with agility, uh, with maneuverability akin to a fast jet. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than an air transport aircraft, it is a phenomenally capable aircraft and able to fly a staggering 170 degrees angle of bank, but not for long. Mm -hmm. A number 70 squadron demonstrated the aircraft to Air Commodore uh, Darren Webb, the New Zealand Air Defence Force Air Component Commander. <laughs> oh my God, what a what a title! What a, what a lovely title. Uh, New Zealand yes. Defence Force Air Command. Component commander <laughs> on a short flight Stop around it. New Zealand's stunning islands. Uh, so I yeah. actually, actually don't done some flying around New Zealand. It is a very pretty. It is a stunning. So, it, 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 so this is a remarkable airplane. The Kiwis want it. If we're going to do a deal with them, mm. that uh, sort of mm. have uh, perhaps combined ownership of some, that would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, I mean, so I, as uh, a bit fun for the boys to fly down all the way to New Zealand in it mm. and show it the Kiwis, their Air Force, I've always had great respect for them, particularly in the days when they used to fly their A4s. They mm. uh, were a brilliant bunch of guys, uh, very, yeah. very capable pilots, albeit yeah. in a very small force. Indeed, yes. Me and, this is the, uh, the, uh, me and Pip had a chance that we sat on the flight deck of this uh, really? a, few, a few years back at, uh, at Riyadh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we were lucky enough to give, be given yeah. the full tour on, on board the um, Royal Air Force A400M, we which actually, is awesome. We, we actually got some great footage of it going through its uh, motions. Those yeah. of you, uh, if you ha have a look back at our New Year show, I, I forget off the top of my head what number it was. Um, but uh, to be fair, a very good commentary by the legendary <laughs> yeah. Captain Al. I so. um, as yeah. uh, both the Airbus and the A400M were both going, the Air, oh, was it, it was the A380, wasn't it? And the A400M, yeah. which they ran yeah. back to back. Uh, some great commentary there. If I'm, you want I'm to, guessing, uh, Rick, this is um, an aircraft you haven't had a chance to kind of see up close and personal yet. No, uh, but at a distance, it looks like uh, a C-130 and a C-17 had an illegitimate child here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, That's nice it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting aircraft, and especially in the inside, looking at the photos here, it kind of looks like a, 
smaller C17. Uh, I'd be curious to know what the performance of this thing is and and uh, how well how well she handles. Mm. Well, I find it remarkable that we have got some of these plus uh, RC130Js. So they must uh, be able to fill slightly different roles because I can't see the point of having both. You have uh, C17s there too in uh, in the RAF, correct? Yes, we do. Yeah. I'm curious to know um, in comparison between the uh, J models and the uh, and the um, uh, and these uh, and the C17s, how well you know what kind of roles they're going to all perform. Yeah, I'd need to speak to someone in the know, but uh, mm. uh, I'm sure there are a few guys around that might be able to answer that question on a future show, perhaps. Indeed, yeah. Leave it with us. We'll see what Leave we can find yeah. out. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll email the, uh, relevant, yeah, the relevant departments. Yeah. Yes, yeah. splendid. Okay, well, that's where we bring the military section to a close. Well, we we have somebody we need to talk to. Yeah, yeah. We have, obviously we've got uh, the the VIP that is uh, Captain Rick Bell on the show. So yeah, yeah. welcome again onto the uh, PTK show. Obviously, your first time on here, and uh, yeah. Well, for the for the benefit of uh, obviously most of the people uh, know who you are. Uh, but uh, just give us a bit, uh, a bit of background on yourself uh, and uh, and what you do, Rick. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm a military guy. Uh, I kind of grew up in the military lifestyle. C-130 pilot, uh, legacy C-130s too. So um, uh, C-130H2 model. Uh, I don't know if you uh, left seat. So aircraft commander and uh, soon to be uh, Air Force instructor as well, I guess. Um, they found it fitting for me to teach other guys how to fly airplanes, or at least a C-130 in the Air Force. Uh, and then uh, soon after that, uh, transitioning to the C-17s here at the end of next year. So, um, And then uh, when I'm not doing that, I kind of moonlight as a uh, regional pilot for uh, Acme Junior on the uh, Jungle Jet, the uh, Embraer 175s. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that, Rick. No, I didn't know that bit. That's well, you can't know everything. I know. I try yeah. to know everything. <laughs> but but what do you prefer though, Rick? That's the big question. What, oh no. Oh man, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. No, as I long as it's my, not uh, Boeing, we'll be fine. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said before, I don't really have a dog in this fight, so uh, I'm a Lockheed Martin or uh, or Embraer product myself. So, um, no, I I love the C-130. It's it's a it's a great airplane. It's awesome to have uh, you know a crew of eight to ten guys with you. Uh, you can always find some trouble to get in uh, anywhere you go. And, uh, you know, the airplane, it uh, has enough gas to get to where you're going, but it takes a whole long time to get there, so you got to stop and have fun along the way. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I, I can vouch for that, having sat in the back of one for many an hour. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> noisy or not noisy? Very noisy, yeah. actually. I, you know, I, I grabbed that uh, application on my phone, uh, that, uh, that decibel reader, and oh, yeah. I was curious to know the difference, and, and uh, uh, it, uh, it is noisy. Wow, it is incredibly noisy. The, the Embraer sitting in the front, it's uh, equivalent to driving in a car down a highway, and uh, in the uh, C-130 sitting in the front of it, it's equivalent to holding a hairdryer up against your head. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> yeah. and feels about the same too, you know. <laughs> uh, Neville Neville Bounds is asking in the chat room, uh, Rick, what what the logo is on your T-shirt. Uh, this is actually my Friday T-shirt. So every Friday we have, um, you know, uh, uh, we wear uh, normally uh, under my flight suit. I wear uh, a tan, I guess, uh, flight uh, you know color T-shirt. 
but on Fridays we can wear our Friday patches, which uh, and our T-shirts. And this one is actually uh, of our squadron. It's a uh, you know the uh, iron symbol. Um, and then uh, we just changed them to C-130s, and then uh, we're the uh, Iron City Airmen is uh, our uh, kind of our nickname uh, for the city of Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. Uh, Shud Backer, uh, one of our uh, awesome hosts from last week's show, uh, he's, uh, he's asking, do you prefer the military way Hello. of life or the airline pilot way of life? Um, you know, they both have their advantages and disadvantages. You know, it's, uh, it's great to be able to, you know, have, uh, such a close, uh, family of guys that, uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, the, um, the air force, um, you know, we all know everybody, we know everybody's, uh, families and, um, you know, know what everyone's getting into. Um, and, uh, you're really close knit, uh, the air force or the airlines. It's great. It's, it's an awesome job. And, and I really enjoy the, uh, the, the flying portion of it, uh, a lot easier in, I think, the airlines than it is in the Air Force. Um, you know, uh, the Air Force is pretty much, they give you a mission frag, and they say, go forth and, and prosper. And uh, in the airlines, it's uh, it's pretty nice. You just kind of sit in, sit down, mm. and uh, and go flying. Um, so they, they both have their advantages, their advantages and, and, you know, what I like about them. Now, now, obviously, uh, Nick, um, you, you had experience in, in flying, uh, obviously, both both uh, military and uh, uh, civilian. civilian. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a preference as to which um, industry you prefer, Nick? Um, I think you can just eventually grow out of military flying. You know, uh, it's so much fun when you're a younger man. The flying is very testing. Uh, mm. it, it really does um, give you a chance to flex your aviation muscles. Yeah. And... and you, you can do things you would never dream of in Suvi Street. Once yeah. you've done all those things enough times that they almost become routine yeah. and you start getting old enough to need glasses and things, I think <laughs> right. there is okay. something rather nice to about um, being able to put on a, a lightweight uniform, short sleeve shirt, go to work uh, in comfort, uh, be served meals and um, you know sit and just drone around the, uh, the world and earn considerably more money doing it so i think you, there's a time for doing one and a time for doing another and i was one of those lucky blokes that i think i made the switch about the right time uh, i mean you, you yeah, sort of you, 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 the, you seem to have suggested what i can only describe as the perfect retirement plan nick that's a trouble <laughs> yes yes eventually you get so old you can't even see and yeah absolutely yeah yeah they let you fly <laughs> civilian aircraft great news yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy days uh, tony We've, s uh, a, a guy in, a, in our squadron, you know, we do a lot of NVG flying and everything, and I had to laugh. He, he's now long since retired, but uh, it was great. He had glasses just like Nick, and then he also had readers, too. <laughs> so we'd be flying at night under NVGs. He'd have his NVGs on here. He'd have his normal glasses here, and he'd have his readers down here, and he just had, like, three sets here. You'd look over at them and everything, and he'd be doing one of these to one of these to one of these. Like, oh, man, like, you're yeah. flying the airplane right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's comforting news yeah. for everyone. Yeah, splendid. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on before somebody gets sued. So Tony, uh, Tony S. in the chat room, uh, Rick, has asked, uh, do you still need a flight engineer on the C-130? Ooh. We do uh, the the variant of C one thirties, and uh, I think uh, Tony uh, to answer your question as well. Uh, I fly the C one thirty H two model, so it's uh, the um, uh, Dash fifteen motors. They're not the uh, the new Rolls Royce motors. Uh, they're the old Allison version, um, 
And uh, yeah, we have a pilot, co-pilot, a flight engineer that sits in between us that keeps us out of trouble. Uh, navigator sits uh, back, back into my right. And then we also have uh, two loadmasters that uh, uh, handle everything aft in the uh, cargo department. And then uh, we also fly around with one or two crew chiefs at, at, uh, for uh, longer duration missions. Uh, just just sticking with 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 the C130 and what what you fly with uh, Rick uh, there, uh, Richard King has actually asked he says hi Rick what's the shortest runway that you can haul the C130 off of uh, well that's pretty much that's weight dependent but uh, a lightweight aircraft uh, with um, uh, on a cold day at uh, low density altitude uh, you're looking at probably uh, we get a ground run of about uh, 1400 feet 1500 feet with a uh, uh, obstacle clearance, total takeoff distance of about eighteen hundred feet over a fifty-foot obstacle. Wow! And if you stick all those JATO rockets on the back, <laughs> you know, funny, funny enough, I've seen the videos uh, of those. We have a, a older flight engineer who has gotten the chance to experience that, and it actually doesn't do too much for your ground run. All it really did was. Uh, aid in getting the airplane over that obstacle at the end of the runway. That was the real, the real uh, 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 bonus to that. Mm. So it was only more so just lifting the aircraft over that, uh, that obstacle than it was uh, distance-wise. Oh, uh, but it made a heck of a sound and sure as heck did a, makes for a great air show performance. That's <laughs> <for sure>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but does that Blue Angel C-130 still do that? Yeah, it does, and and wow. it's interesting too. They had to, um, so it's an H uh, three model, uh, I believe, um, uh, Fat Albert, um, and uh, they actually went out to the boneyard and they had to go and pull the uh, paratroop doors, the actual air deflector doors, the paratroop doors, off of an E model and retrofit it because the uh, the later versions, the H ones, twos, threes, and now the Js, come without um, without that option on it. Interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Mm. So Tony S has asked in the chat room, uh, Rick, have you flown out of Mildenhall here in the UK? And uh, I have. He oh, also wow. he says, uh, how do you think the base closure will affect logistics within Europe? I, you know, I honestly don't know. Um, I haven't really, I'm not too familiar with uh, what's going on over there. Um, I normally just kind of pass through. Um, uh, when I'm going overseas, going and uh, dropping into the sandbox there. Um, I could tell you that uh, a long time ago, so 2001, uh, I was stationed in uh, Germany for a bit, and uh, we actually, I got to take a temporary duty assignment up in Milton Hall, which uh, put me in uh, actually living in the Cambridge area for, for about a month. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I really, um, you know, we definitely need a base there for sure um uh, uh more so because of the global reach because we have aircraft like the c-130 that just don't have the uh the legs to get uh, as far as like ramstein and mm. and uh, uh some of the other bases and you know and obviously we can't make the middle east from from anywhere on on a on one stop unless you do some uh, aerial refueling to get there so um i don't know i'm not really familiar with it outside of that yeah. Have you had a chance, talking about air-to-air refueling, have you uh, had a chance to do some of that yourself, Rick? Is that something you've, you've done, air-to-air refueling? Uh, no, not in, not in my variant of the C-130. Uh, back in pilot training, um, they made us uh, do, uh, they called it close trail, where it simulated doing a, a mock uh, uh, AR track 
and uh, we just tucked in behind another uh, 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 C12, another, uh, I guess it would be a Beach 200, and uh, just, you know, simulated making turns and shallow turns and everything. And then we did the same thing on in um, uh, initial, in uh, undergraduate pilot training in the T6. We, we had to tuck in close behind the guy and, and kind of simulate, um, you know, doing some practice AR that way. But uh, I'm going to get to do a whole heck of a lot of it here coming up next year whenever I switch over to uh, C17. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that much of a, a, a conversion different, you know, change? Is there a lot of uh, more, obviously more to learn, I suppose, but is it much of a, a big change between the uh, C-130 and the C-17? Obviously, the avionics are different, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, besides the, the, yeah, like you said, the avionics, I'm going from an all-steam gauge uh, cockpit <laughs> to uh, some pretty modern uh, technology with a heads-up display and, mm. uh, and uh, the works. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a pretty big switch. Um, you know, not having those props anymore, it gives you kind of that instantaneous thrust that uh, everybody likes. Um, at least, you know, the guys in the C-130 we like. Uh, the the C-17 is going to be a whole different animal, way, way, way bigger. I think, um, I, I believe a normal operating weight on that thing is about 350,000 pounds or something. Um, uh, Nick, how big is uh, how how heavy is uh, is the bus there? I, I I don't know any comparable. What's comparable? Well, uh, we work in uh, metric tons, of course, but the three hundred and thirty uh, is about uh, two hundred fifty-seven, uh, and the three hundred and forty-six hundred is about three hundred and sixty metric tons. Wow. They're wow, such, that's a lot they're of such <laughs> they are really crazy numbers. I know I could, you know, I'm the first to admit I know absolutely nothing about this show to which I am involved each week. But <laughs> it's just like one of those uh, uh, when you talk of those those really scary weights, it, the the whole engineering, the whole the whole yeah, concept, concept of getting flying. something that huge in the air. It's like I mean, it's like cruise ships. You know, these things are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tons. <laughs> and you think, how do these damn things float? I mean, it's even more mind-boggling when you've got to have enough, enough thrust, if you like, to get these things I think what we should do is, is next time next time you, you come and see me at the uh, flight school, is we'll, we'll, I'll get you to push one of the Cessna 150s. Right. Because you will literally be able to just push it with your finger. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that doesn't fill me with a great deal. You can turn those things with, yeah. with just a finger. It, okay. it's, it's, right. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned this a little while ago, uh, so we're, we're going to bring it up for real now, if we may. But, of course, several of us are hopefully going to a place called Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, uh, I understand you're, you're quite a, a major contact as far as we're concerned, certainly. So, so how did that come about? How come you're uh, involved? What's your role there, etc.? And what are you allowed to tell us about it? Um, well, uh, so uh, I'm the uh, operations director for the wings over Pittsburgh Airship. So anything that uh, that uh, flies or has wings, I guess you could say, uh, it kind of falls under my responsibility. And I really got started on it in just an absolute fluke. I, I a long time ago, we had a uh, wings over Pittsburgh in like 2004, I think was uh, the first one that I was uh, involved in. And it was just, uh, hey, man, like we need uh, somebody to uh, help out with the show. And uh, I think I was a project officer for wow. uh, one of the, the teams, one of the, the flight teams that came out. And uh, I just kind of took care of them and uh, was just kind of the, uh, the go-to, uh, um, you know, the point person for, for uh, what, things that they needed. Uh, and that has just kind of flourished. And now 
you know, I was working as the uh, ramp coordinator for a bunch of years where I um, just coordinated the ground acts and the static displays and everything. And, uh, and uh, the map, I guess you could say, the air show map and where everyone, everything's laid out. And um, then uh, I moved into the air boss role, which is uh, kind of the air traffic control of the air show. Um, but uh, I got I kind of missed my opportunity on that one because uh, we ended up canceling those two years. I was supposed to be the air boss. Um, and uh, now uh, after that, we got uh, one of my great buddies, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, John Giori. He's taken over as the air boss role, and I've moved up into the operations director role. So, wow. um, you know, so I get to, to uh, be involved in all the planning and, and booking of the show and, and coordination with um, – uh, ordering gas and oil and smoke oil and, um, uh, um, you know, coordinating arrival schedules and departure schedules and uh, working with my uh, colleagues, I guess, as uh, the air boss and the ramp coordinator and, and all the other uh, directors and everything to uh, coordinate a, a safe and exciting show. So what are some of the, uh, the the big highlights we've got to look forward to then over the course of the uh, of the air show kind of weekend? Any any kind oh, of big man. big standout yeah. Uh, items? Yeah. So uh, you know, excitingly, um, you know, I think the the big headline act is the uh, United States Air Force uh, military demonstration team, the Thunderbirds. So a flight of uh, was at uh, six F-16s. Um, you know, that's uh, going to be a, a, the, our big headliner. Um, we have uh, the uh, Geico Sky Typers, which is uh, a flight of, uh, I believe they have either six or eight um, uh, big radials. And, and I'm not really familiar with, I think they're Harvard's, uh, um, the, the aircraft itself, but they actually do a really cool routine. They go out and they actually do sky typing, which is really neat, right? And, you know, come to the wings over Pittsburgh, over the skyline of the city of <laughs> Pittsburgh. So it's actually going to be pretty neat. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Captain Nick, uh, you know, for, just for you, we got the, uh, United States Navy, uh, Super Hornet demo team. That's, uh, you that's are, be you are the man, Rick. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of brings it home for you, uh, I hope. And then we're also going to have a bunch of, uh, 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 Navy, uh, Hornets, uh, and Marine Hornets actually coming in and doing a fly in for us and being set up as static display. Uh, let's see, um, Yonkin Air Shows in their Beach 18. It's a, a twin Beach 18 that does an awesome aerobatic display. Um, everybody knows him and loves him, and that's uh, Sean Tucker. He's going to be there uh, oh. in his, uh, in his uh, Piper Pits. I guess it would be a Pits. It's not like it's Piper. But, um, uh, you know, he does an awesome routine, and, and everybody knows Sean Tucker. I mean, I think he's uh, uh, been inducted this past year into the um, – uh, the Smithsonian, actually, I think the uh, they're going to try and uh, after this year, this is his retirement year, and that he's going to uh, retire the airplane to the um, uh, to the Smithsonian, and they're going to hang mm. it up, which is pretty neat. Uh, Randy Ball in the MiG-18 uh, is going to be out. Uh, the uh, Art Nalls in the British Sea Harrier. He's the only privately owned uh, Harrier uh, out there, so he does an awesome. Uh, uh, demonstration. Uh, Manford Radius, he does, uh, he's a glider and he does this like 10 minute routine where it's all energy neutral and it, it uh, reminds you a lot like uh, Bob Hoover and his energy neutral routine. It's just a really cool, uh, very, very, very pretty show. And then uh, we got Greg Wired Kohler. He does uh, the T33 and the Ace Maker T33. Uh, and then uh, for the uh, jumpers, we also have the uh, 
Canadian Skyhawks uh, parachute demonstration team, which is uh, really exciting, kind of uh, giving us a salute to the uh, our neighbors to the north. And uh, I believe, and uh, I'm going to go out on a whim here, and I'll probably get in trouble for this one, but uh, it was just announced that we are going to have the F-22, the, uh, oh, wow. uh, yeah, the F-22 Raptor, Raptor. Uh, demonstration there wow. as well. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, that come, would be very cool. Come on, Nick. Yeah. You've, you've got to find a way of getting over there. You're going to have to. Yeah, you, you, you can't let us down. Yeah. You can't let us down, Nick. You've got to get over there. <laughs> I know, I know. I really so, want to. Oh, I, I actually almost forgot. And probably one of the most important acts that we we're going to have is we're actually, uh, my squadron, we're going to do a four-ship mass airdrop of, uh, of paratroopers, the static line paratroopers oh, over wow. the show as well. Good. So we'll have a four-ship C-130. Um, a flight of four C-130s flying over the show as well, doing a demonstration. Wow. What's the loss rate on one of those? Uh, about 20%. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, blimey, right. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, that sounds, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll get a few body bags ready. Spent, oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> These guys are brave. <laughs> oh. it, yeah, it, it sounds to me then, uh, uh, Rick, that you've got a, quite a <laughs> massive lineup then for the, for the entire sort of air show, because it's on the 13th and 14th of May. Um, the air shows. It does sound like you've got one hell of a you know display lineup ready for uh, for us to watch. So that's good. I'm very much looking forward yeah, to it's, it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be action packed. I think uh, flying starts uh, doors open about 9:30, uh, and that's when uh, we start launching airplanes. And uh, we don't stop flying until the Thunderbirds fly at uh, about four o'clock. So it's uh, it's just a full a full day, day of, yeah, of of flying and aviation and uh, all sorts of fun and. Then, of course, uh, uh, you know, when the uh, doors close, the uh, beer light goes on, and, and it's all about uh, hey. drinking. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll tell you what, Nick. I think beer we're and, uh, talking about airplanes. We're, we're going to have to. We're going to have to invest in another in another uh, SD card for the uh, yeah. for the cameras, for the cameras Nick. I, I think. think yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, steady, steady, steady. He needs a beer. He needs a yeah, beer. Yeah, quick. Re recharge the glasses. I do. I do. Yeah. I need a beer. So, so, uh, yeah. so, so obviously we, we know what's going to, we sort of know basically what's going to be on for the show. Uh, how much of a, of a major task is it to get all these various acts and the aircraft to all come together for the, for the show? I'm guessing it's not an easy task. No, we've been, uh, we've been planning this for about a year and a half now. It's mm. actually the, uh, the total planning process. Um, Normally, uh, they, uh, you know, these acts, uh, we've, uh, we go to a, a convention every year in Las Vegas called ICAS, uh, which is the International Council of Air Shows. And we head out there and, uh, um, you know, we kind of go shopping for our acts. We, we, we look at what it is that we want and, uh, and uh, how we want to conduct our show and if we have a theme for the show or something and, uh, and really kind of go from there. Um, you know, uh, so uh, we, we it's been six years actually since the last time we've had a, uh, a Wings over Pittsburgh air show. Oh, really? So this is a yeah, it's a pretty big deal for us. For yeah. for a while, or we were really concerned because um, uh, you know uh, the squadron was kind of on the chopping block. They, the the uh, Department of Defense wanted to close us. Mm. So we we uh, we rallied together and we had an air show and the and the community came together and and it. Uh, it really saved us. It kept us around and kept us in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, kept kept me flying and kept you know kept my job. So, uh, this is really a, a thank you to uh, the the community um, 
that uh, they they actually get a chance to come out and uh, see what uh, what uh, their tax dollars are paying for, and uh, we open the doors and and we let everybody uh, you know come on in and crawl around the airplanes. And, wow! You know, our, really, our main <laughs> goal is, that. is that we just want to. <laughs> We, uh, you know, we want to have a safe show. That's that's always number one is, is safety, is, yeah. mm. and uh, then number two is to get people involved in aviation. It's uh, you know the most important thing is is, is to get uh, get young kids in the seats and mm. and get them flying and uh, and uh, get people involved and very get people in, involved in aviation. I'm going to go ask the question that may not be a very popular one. Um, obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, what happened here in the UK with the Shoreham Air incident. Uh, just out of uh, curiosity, has what happened here in the UK had any effect in regard to how you plan an air show um, over over there in the States? Has it made any difference to, to your Pittsburgh event? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, safety is paramount, and uh, and that's why I said, you know, the number one goal is uh, in our show is safety is number one. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, ICAS uh, has been a leader in, uh, at least in the States, uh, but I believe I would think worldwide in in really trying to change the the whole air show dynamic. Um, you know, you're familiar with the accident that happened out at the Reno Air Races a few years ago. And uh, uh, the unfortunate event that, you know, that P-51 went into the crowd. And uh, there's been a few accidents between there. Uh, you know, obviously Shoreham is another good example. Um, so uh, we plan for every uh, occurrence, um, you know, between planning for where we place all of our emergency response vehicles or crash fire rescue vehicles. Uh, we do uh, tabletops um, where we actually will sit down and they lock us all into a room and, and um, uh, uh, they give us the situation and then we have to play it out. So, um, you know, whatever it might be, anyway, anything from, hey, there was a, a thunderstorm approaching, how do we uh, get people mm -hmm. undercover to um, we no kidding had a mass, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, casualty event, mass casualty event, like an aircraft, uh, you know, uh, accident in the crowd or something like that. Uh, and and we we play it out. And it's, uh, right. um, you know, so all you can do is plan. And uh, yeah. that's our that's, yeah. you know, the big thing is just to. You know, plan I'm sure every, it'll be a great every, weekend. Yeah, I, no, I can't yeah. wait. So now I, I've, I've, I think I've looked up the correct website. Double duh, shout, obviously, if I've got it wrong. If you want to find out more information about the Pittsburgh um, Wings Over Pittsburgh event, uh, the, the the only information I've been able to find, and say, correct me if I'm right, it's www.pittsburgh.afrc.af.mil forward slash news forward slash open house. Does that sound about right? Yep, that's absolutely correct. Right. Uh, it's yep. uh, it's linked directly to the dot um, mill, the uh, 9/11th Airlift Wings yep. uh, website. Their their uh, their our base's website. Yep. Okay. And cool. um, it, it's right there. Everything it is that you need to know yeah. uh, will all be linked right there. Yeah. So for those of you who are interested and you're listening to the podcast version, get yourselves a bit of paper and pen and write down www.pittsburgh.afrc.af dot mil that's m-i-l forward slash news forward slash open house and that'll take you straight to the uh the website page and obviously you guys are on facebook as well aren't you uh, rick you've also yeah. got your facebook page as well so uh, if you look up um i think it's is it a nine uh, the nine uh, air wing uh pittsburgh iap ars is it if on facebook 
The yep, nine, that's absolutely yeah, the right. The 900 yep. length air wing. Mm. Yeah, look up on Facebook and there's, uh, there's some bits and pieces on there as well. So. Okay, so going back to aircraft, we have a few questions that we always ask a few people. Oh, uh, yes. The, the first thing I've got to ask, uh, Micah has said in the chat room here, tell them about the DC-4, Rick. So what's oh, yes. that all about? Oh, yeah, the DC-4. Uh, so one of our static displays coming is the... Uh, is a DC-4. Uh, it's uh, actually, it's uh, I believe it's actually the C-54. It's the uh, Berlin Airlift, uh, wow. the, the tribute to the Berlin Airlift, and it's a oh, big the flying Oh, the bombers. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really, really neat, uh, really neat display. You go up in there, and it's uh, a, a whole history of the Berlin Airlift um, and uh, and how it was uh, so successful. Mm. And a good buddy of mine, actually, is uh, one of the pilots on it. He's uh, also a a pilot for a captain for Acme Junior, and um, you know he, he loves it. You know, so is that be... privately owned, Rick? That one? It is. It absolutely is. Uh, I believe you can actually go and Google Berlin Airlift, and yeah. uh, it'll take you right to their to their. Okay. Um, Excellent. Uh, another great question from Micah, if I if I may actually. Again, this is to do with the air show, and uh, he's actually asked the question: How do you how do you do an air show at what is still basically an active airport? As operations uh, operate at KPIT. Yeah, great question. Very carefully. Right. Um, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <yeah. laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of meetings and a lot of uh, begging to all the air carriers to and sort of uh, pleading their, and yeah. promising um, uh, a lot of things. Um, Promotion, uh, but, advertising, uh, that sort of thing. I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of planning. These uh, the air carriers they they plan their schedules six months to a year out. Mm. So when you tell an air carrier, uh, a 121 carrier, that uh, you are going to put a TFR over top of a major international <laughs> airport and you're not going to allow them to fly into that right. airport, okay. they get a little upset. They can get quite cross. Oh, go on, the president does it every day. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, indeed. So. Um, we, we operate uh, on a, uh, a basis of yellow airspace and red airspace. And uh, yellow airspace, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with, and you could probably look it up, the layout of the uh, Pittsburgh International Airport, it's uh, basically three parallel runways and a crossing uh, runway as a fourth. Mm. And uh, the uh, northern runway, 28 right, uh, is actually far enough away from the show that we can... Uh, operate the majority of the air show within the performer box that will actually not have any 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 um, uh, uh, impact on on the air carrier operations. And mm. it actually is a very unique show in that regard because how neat is it that you have Sean Tucker doing a full aerobatic demonstration and then you see a Mad Dog coming down fine <laughs> yeah, on the right hand side. Yeah. And it's a it's it's a pretty it's a pretty neat thing. Actually, the last time we had an air show. Um, our our fearless leader, our former president, decided that that Saturday he was also going to come in and fly. Did and, he? And right. visit. Yeah. So because <laughs> that was it was very helpful. Nine, it, yeah. it was over nine eleven. It was over the memorial. So oh, he cool. wanted to go to uh, Shanksville to go and visit yeah. the Flight ninety three memorial, and that was actually really cool. Seeing the 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 whole ramp uh, was just full of people, and then watching Air Force One coming in and landing. Wow. And uh, the questions I got were, how did you get Air Force One to do a flyby and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, that's actually the president. He yeah. actually was legitimately there. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very really, neat. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's very neat. So, uh, and then we, we closed down the airspace during the large act. So uh, anything yeah. that uh, travels faster than 300 knots uh, is considered a category one aircraft. And uh, we have to shut the, the airspace down. So, okay. um, yeah, so that's when the TFR really goes into effect. 
So we're going to ask uh, the question that we always ask uh, All pilots when, when we've got mm. uh, people who fly planes for a living. Um, now, we're going to, uh, th- th- uh, we should perhaps warn you, this is, for, uh, this is a bit unfair <laughs> to dump this on you no, right no, here and now. Uh, we're going to ask the question, if there is any aircraft either retired or still in service, so it doesn't have to be a current plane, uh, and you were type rated for it, is there any aircraft in the, that's ever existed that you would just love to get your hands on the controls of? Oh, man. Um, you know what? I think it would actually probably have to be like either a P-51 or a, uh, a Spitfire. A I think Spitfire? Those, really? Yeah. Whoa. Those yeah. I think would just be so neat just to get behind the controls of one of those things and, and take her for a spin. Mm. Um, you know, it's always been kind of a, you know, a dream of mine. I see those things at air shows and everything, and I just want to go and you know take it for kind of a take it for a ride. But uh, if it's new, um, my favorite airplane has always been the uh, the uh, and and no, I'm not kissing up, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you but are. My, 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 <laughs> Kiss away, my, old chap. Kiss away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pucker up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always been the Hornet. It's actually, I think, hey. uh, I, I've always wanted to get behind the controls of a Hornet. Ah, uh, that's because it's a McDonnell Douglas terraplane. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. An MD, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah it's another right. Mad Dog, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, no, I think that would be actually pretty cool. So either I'd say Spitfire, the P-51, or probably a Hornet, I think, would be my, my three wow. choices. Well, you might get the chance, but one day, yeah, you never yeah, know, no, uh, Rick, you might anything, get the chance to do these yeah. days. Yeah, there, there are plenty of Mustangs and Spitfires around, especially in the UK. Yeah. Got, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, look, guys, I'm really sorry to be the boring <laughs> old producer here, but the time oh. has come where we have to start wrapping things up. So it's, we do try... Really, is it Christmas? Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> I meant more, I like to keep the show under two hours. All oh, okay. right? Okay. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. Like, sorry to be boring and all that, but uh, look, uh, uh, words words fail me, Rick, and uh, you have yeah. no idea how excited I am about the fact that uh, thanks to some very generous help, um, yeah. I, I've actually got the chance to go out there. And I know you can't wait, Carlos, either. It's oh, just going to be... I'm so such... looking forward to having you guys come out. This oh, is going to be and... just so much fun. It is. Um, you know, I, I really can't wait. I'm so glad that you guys have the opportunity to I shall, I shall bring <laughs> you some beer out, Rick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I yeah. promise I'll bring you some, some of our local may, may, I rec- may I recommend a very large vehicle in order for you to take all these spoils home with you? Because I think you're going to have quite a quite a few bottles and, and crates and things to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't uh, wait. It really is going to be very exciting. That website for you, again, for those of you who do have the opportunity to go, just remind them of what the dates are going to be again. Rick? Yep, it's going to be May 13th and 14th of 2017. Wings over Pittsburgh Air Show at uh, the 9-11th Airlift Wing at uh, Pittsburgh International Airport. And if you want more information about it, I'll give you the website again. It is www.pittsburgh.afrc.af.mil forward slash news forward slash open house dot ASPX. But we'll put the links on the show notes. We'll ma- I'll make sure yeah. they're in the show yeah. notes for those yeah. of you that are interested. So Brilliant. that's it. That's where we've got to wrap I up, know. I'm afraid, guys. Um, well, I mean, obviously... It's nice to be back. It is nice. It's nice to have you back, Carlos. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And uh, Captain Nick, what can I say? You have been incredibly good value, as always. You've behaved yourself rather well, actually. I'm very proud of you. His work's uh, not uh, over. His work's not over. He's for a new leaf, obviously. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's saving himself. Uh, look out, Captain Jeff. He's saving himself for your show he's been so well behaved on this one goodness only knows what's about to happen on as APG go live not that I think they go live uh, about, about an, an hour's, hour's time, time yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah this is a double header isn't it yeah this it really 
is absolutely. You need. Uh, you've you've been given an invite, by the way, if you're interested. So, yeah. uh, uh, so I heard. I, yeah, I, I actually didn't see it in the chat. Yeah, room, but uh, no. I guess I'm going to have to do that one too. Uh, well, it, well, it is the law, you know. It seems to be <laughs> yeah. that whoever appears <laughs> yeah, on our show, uh, whoever appears on our I'm, show, I'm seems to, to end I'm up on. I'm going to forego going to the gym, and I guess I'm just going to have to practice my 12 inch cur or my 12 ounce curls. Now, so, right. Okay. 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 And I, I do hear. <laughs> I hear good things about uh, Captain Jeff. He does pay double time. He does, uh, yeah, after, absolutely. After so many yeah, hours, yeah. So. Hey, all right, <laughs> winning. Yep. Yeah, it seems to be a running theme. Guests that we have on our show seem to end up on APG quite quickly, <laughs> don't they? But anyway, there we are. Never mind. It's, oh. <laughs> but hey, we nick all their hosts, so it's fine. I know. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to say a massive thank you we then are. to everyone who has joined us in the chat room tonight yep. on the uh, YouTube. Uh, chat room. It's been great to see all you like joining us in there for the show tonight. And also, we want to say a massive thanks as well, obviously, to, to everyone who downloads the show, uh, the audio show yeah, podcast absolutely. via iTunes yeah. and all the relevant uh, podcast sites that you download. And from. special thanks must also go to our wonderful Patreons who very yes, kindly yes. and those who donate by by PayPal and yeah. things, those who shop using the link on our website yeah. for Amazon, etc. Your support for the show is just absolutely brilliant, and it helps to make. Uh, we do this show anyway, but it does help to. Uh, make oh, it yes. a little bit more affordable. Uh, what's he got there? Oh, look at that. Oh, hey. Like, hey. See, see somebody like actually listens to the rubbish we put out every week. It's great news. And don't forget, <laughs> if you want to get yourself a T-shirt, get yourself over yep. to our website yep. and uh, click on the store. Yeah, tab. and that is www.plaintalkinguk.com forward slash store. And that will take you straight to uh, the page where you can buy one of our lovely quality Fruit of the Loom embroidered Aye, logo true. printed vinyl T-shirt. And hopefully... Uh, some of our listeners will be able to come out to Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. That'd yeah. be nice. Yes, yeah. please. The more, the merrier. We, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to have you all. Excellent. Absolutely. So that's where we're going to bring episode number 154 to a close yep. of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Um, again, a massive thanks to Captain Nick for joining us this evening. Uh, hats off to you, sir. Very well no done. Problem, guys. And uh, Captain Rick Bell, thank you ever so much for uh, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have really you on. Has. So and, uh, look forward to seeing you, guys you soon. Very, very, very much. Yeah, and we'll see you in May. We'll see you in May. We'll yeah, see you in May. So from absolutely. all of us here in the studio, that is where we have to bring the show to a close. Thanks very much, guys. We'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Just pretend the music's playing. It's not working for some reason, <laughs> but it's fine. I'll, I'll sort it out afterwards. Uh, <laughs> if, hang on. Let, let, let's... Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Matt will edit that bit oh, on. It'll be seamless by the time we do it. <laughs> oh, the soundboard's not working. Boom. Yeah. There we go. Whatever. Yeah. We'll just talk over it, shall we? Yeah, we'll just talk yeah, over it. I'm yeah. going to have to cut yeah. it out anyway. Editing. Yeah. It's got to love editing. Yeah. If anybody wants to swear, now is the time. <laughs> oh, the hell with it. Yeah. <laughs> Great balls of fire. Yeah. <laughs> Boeing, Boeing, Boeing. Oh, stop it. Boeing, Boeing. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, I do love it. Uh, <sighs> there we go. There's the credits. Look. Oh, that's yeah, lovely. there we go. Oh, yeah. like oh that. and there's the logo. Oh, that's a logo. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, oh it's nice. award winning. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. That, that, that's a wrap then. <laughs>